Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Get driven. Stay driven. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Mojo Sports Show. I am your host, Mr. Mojo, taking you through the world of sports on this Saturday morning. The Mojo Sports Show is brought to you by Bay Ragney and the Totally Driven Entertainment Network, dedicated in bringing you total entertainment. On today's show, we have a busy show ahead. We're going to be talking a lot of baseball. We're going to go over the Mets and the Yankees, the weekend review for the Mets and the Yankees, and see where they are in the standings. Obviously, the trade deadline passed, so we're going to go through all the, all the trade deadline deals the Mets and the Yankees made, as well as the rest of MLB. There was a, it was a busy trade deadline, so we're going to recap the whole trade deadline, go through all the deals, including, obviously, the Yankees getting Sonny Gray for three prospects, the Mets trading Addison Reed for three prospects, and then... Uh, uh, a slew of other deal, a slew of other deals that happened. Uh, Hugh Darvish traded to the Dodgers, and we seen last night his debut against the Mets couldn't win any better. So we're going to go through all that, and uh, we're also going to get into some NFL later on. We're going to do some NFL training camp reports. We're going to go around to the Giant report, the Jet report. We're going to check in on all the injuries. There's been a, a slew of injuries as well, just like crazy. The Dolphins are getting decimated with injuries, so we're going to go through all that. And we're going to touch on some NBA news as well, maybe some NHL in there, and we're also going to do some. We're going to take an early look at the college football top 25, the preseason coaches poll. We're going to take a look at that as well. But we are going to kick off with baseball as always, and uh, we're going to go start. We're going to start off with the Mets and the Yankees, and I'm going to get into the trade deadline stuff, although all the deals that happen. But we're also going to talk about. I want to talk about my giveaway today. I'm going to be giving away an honor at the Hall of Fame last week. I'm going to give away Tim Raines, Jeff Bagwell, and Pudge Rodriguez rookie cards today to some random callers throughout the show. So that'll be fun as, as uh, callers call in. If you hear the bell ring, that means you were the random selection to win the card. So that'll be a lot of fun today as well. So we're going to, we're going to kick it off. We're going to start it off right now with the Mets. As obviously this week, Finally, we got to see Ahmed Rosario, which everybody's been waiting for for a long time. And uh, I like what I see so far. Obviously, it's early. It's four games. But you got to like what you see. The speed is there. The defense is there. Back-to-back triples, two games in a row we had, which was very nice to see. Last night, he got his first career stolen base. Obviously, the team's struggling right now. The team's not doing well. But it is good to finally see Rosario up in the major leagues. And we're hoping Dominic Smith ain't too far behind and he'll be next as everybody's waiting for his arrival as well. And I personally don't understand what they're waiting for with Dominic Smith. But obviously, there's some, there's some reason. I know they're trying to deal some of these other guys. Bruce cleared 
waivers, so maybe they're going to move Bruce. Obviously, Branderson, they would like to move Cabrera. They would like to move as well. So I know even Walker they talked about with teams. So these are guys that the Mets in August through waivers are going to try to move. And like I said, Bruce already cleared waivers, so he could be dealt down to any team. <clears throat> so we're going to see. That'll be interesting to see if they move him. Personally, I, I know they would like to keep Bruce next year, but to me the issue is, center field. Do you think Conforto is a center fielder, or do you want Conforto in the corner next year? you think Conforto is a center fielder, then you could bring Bruce back. But if you think Conforto ain't a center fielder, then you gotta you gotta let Conforto, you gotta let Bruce walk, and then you have Conforto and Cespedes in the corners, and then you gotta sign yourself a real center fielder, maybe like a Lorenzo Kane, who from Kansas City would be a great fit on the Mets. And like we know, everybody knows the Mets don't like to spend all the time. You know, they hold back spending money, extra money when they should be. But with 80, 80, 85 million coming off the books after this year, it'll be a good time for the Mets to splurge and spend some money and add some free agents. If they do have holes, obviously the bullpen, the A.J. Ramos deal helps the bullpen, but they lost Reed, trading Reed for three prospects. So I don't think they're going to re-sign Reed. I mean, but you look at next year, you have Familia, Ramos, and Blevins, in the bullpen, that's a nice start, but you still need to add more pieces. You can't go into next year with guys like Sal from the team. You just can't. I mean, every time the guy pitches, he gives up runs. I, I can't even watch it anymore. So we'll see what they do there. But they also have all the catchers, a big hole. I mean, I don't see how much longer you can go with Darno. It's, it's just you got to upgrade the position. They're going to have Smith at first. They're going to have Rosario at short. question is, who's at second and third? Do they bring Walker back? Do they bring Cabrera back? Do they bring Reyes back? You, you, you don't know. Where's Flores going to play? Is Wright going to come back again? I mean, this is all we hear that Wright's trying to come back now again. So that's two. those are question marks right there. So to me, center field, second base, third base, and catcher, and bullpen. I mean, obviously, you got to hope the pitchers are healthy next year, the starters, but you got to assume you're going to get those starting pitching back. you got to assume you're going to get Syndergaard back. Obviously, DeGrom's fine now. Matt. I hope you get Harvey back. I mean, to get these guys back, Wheeler, you're going to have a rotation. You got Lugo, you got Giselleman. So you got some pitching there. To me, catcher, bullpen, center field, and then you got to figure out what you're going to do with second and third. It's going to be the big questions for the Mets. But obviously, the Mets went out last night and just after a road trip coming home and just had nothing. I mean, Darvish. Completely shut them down. They had some chances early, but after that, he settled in. The Mets lose 6 nothing, And, uh, you know, DeGrom didn't have his best out. He only lasted five innings. He had like 80 pitches in three innings, which is not a good recipe to, you know, obviously for success and to last in a game. It was funny, though, that he got a hit and then he stole his first career base, which I thought was pretty cool, getting his first career stolen base. But other than that, it wasn't a good night for the Mets. Obviously, they had some chances early. Cespedes just missed a three-run homer in the first inning off the end of the bat. And it kind of seemed like after that, they just really, I mean, they couldn't do nothing against Darvish. He threw seven innings, three hits, one walk, ten strikeouts. So, dominant performance, 99 pitches for Darvish. And uh, after the leadoff homer for Taylor with his 14th home run, that's really all they needed. But Puig ended his 20th in the second inning. And then Utley, I mean, Utley, this guy just wear for years and years and years just continues to wear the Mets out. It's unbelievable how this guy, even now at his age, the Mets still can't get him out. It's just unbelievable. But like like I said, the Grom only lasted five innings with ninety nine pitches. 
Give up five hits, three walks, three runs, eight strikeouts, two home runs. Give up 21 homers this year, which is career high for DeGrom. So he hasn't been uh, keeping the ball in the park, although he is having, a, you know, an excellent year. He's 12-5 and five now. But, uh, no, you know, they never really had a chance off of Darvish. They, they, they weren't going to really they, – they really didn't put much together. I mean, they had four hits all game, two of them by Conforto. And uh, Rosario, again, like I said, single in his first career stolen base. And uh, but really, that was it. The Mets really had nothing else. You know, Corey Seager, three for four, three up to three oh seven now. They got Bellinger out, but you know, for four Bellinger. But other than that, not much, not much good about last night for the Mets. Maybe you could say they came from a road trip and they were a little sluggish, or you could just say they're just not a good game. I mean, because I mean, now you look at the Mets. I mean, they're just sinking further and further out. I mean, this. You know, you start, you're already looking at next year at this point. That's why guys like Bruce, guys like Cabrera, guys like Grandison, guys, you know, Walker, any of these guys you can get rid of, you got to get rid of, try to get something for him. I mean, I, I like Bruce. He's having a good year, but I personally don't think he's going to be back. And if he's not going to be back, you got to try to get something for him. There's no point in holding on to him. But at 49 and 58, nine games under 500 now, I mean, 15 games out of first place, and they're – 11 out of the wild card in the lost com. So it's really, I mean, you look at the wild card in the NL. I mean, Arizona and Colorado are pretty much running away. I mean, Milwaukee sticks back in the lost com. But other than that, I mean, teams are 9 10 back in the lost com from the second wild card. So the NL West has just been a dominant division this year between the Dodgers, obviously, 42 out of 48 they won now, which is just an unbelievable run. Teams 47 and 13 at home. It was just unbelievable what they're doing. 30 and 19 on the road. I mean, just an unbelievable season. Then you have Arizona, 63 and 46, and Colorado, 63 and 47. I mean, teams are just playing good, and these teams broke up. I mean, Colorado had a new play at the deadline. It was a big move for them. You know, I I, I don't know if any of these teams are going to catch. I think, you know, you, you look at the Cubs and the Brewers in the Central, and you got a battle here for the Central a half a game, and then you have Pirates and the Cardinals four and a half games back. So you kind of have a little something there, but a little battle there. I mean, it's the only division in the NL that's a race at this point. Is, uh, you know, so you got the Brewers a half a game, two out in the lost time, but a half behind the Cubs who have surged because the Cubs are struggling for most of the year. But they're playing better now, but now they lost three in a row. So they were playing better, but now they hit a three-game losing streak, the Cubs. So, and then you know, so you got the top four in that division battling it out. But then you look at the NL East, you have the Nationals 13-game lead on the Marlins, 14-and-a-half on the Braves, 15 on the Mets, and the Phillies 25. I mean, the division's over. And the same thing in the West. And the, as good as the Diamondbacks and the Rockies are playing, so they're 14-and-14-and-a-half and 14 and behind the Dodgers. This goes to show you how good the Dodgers have been <laughs> this year. So really the only thing, you know, the wild card, maybe it gets a little more closer. I mean, you got the Brewers six out in the lost column. But right now, you're really just looking at the NL Central as a, as a as a tight race. Other than that, the NL is pretty much almost locked in. I mean, unless Colorado or Arizona really folds, which I mean, listen, there's still two months of baseball; anything can happen. But right now, you gotta like if you're a fan of those teams, you gotta feel good about your chances. Now, obviously, it's a wild card, so it's gonna be a one-game playoff, and anything can happen in a one-game playoff. So you have to kind of just. Uh, you know, I guess just keep playing and uh, get in and then hope 
anything happens in the playoffs. When you look at an Arizona, Colorado wild card game, you're going to see Granky. You know, as Colorado, you're going to be facing Granky. But, you know, a lot of Colorado's offense doesn't matter who they face. But they won't be home. That's the thing is, right now they won't be home, but they're half the game out. If they get home field, it's a whole different story. So we'll see. Looking at the AL and the Yankees, obviously the Yankees getting Sonny Gray. He pitched the other night, and, you know, he pitched fine. He got his defense killed him in the first inning with three errors, and uh, he fell behind 2 nothing on 200 runs. And he ends up pitching six innings, giving up two more runs. But, I mean, his defense failed him in the first inning. But the Yankees traded Jorge Mateo, Dustin Fowler, and Capril- James Caprillion. And I know some Yankee fans have a mixed reaction. Some would think they gave up too much. Some said they loved the deal. I mean, listen, you gave up two guys that are hurt. I know they got a lot of potential, but they were hurt. You didn't give up Leather Torres, Chance Adams, or Clint Frazier. So, so you know, you held on to your top guys. So, to me, listen, Sonny Gray is on the track for two more years after this year. So, you got to be really ecstatic about that, about Sonny Gray being on the contract. So, you know, I, I think it was a good deal for the Yankees personally. So, we'll see how it shapes up. Now, the Yankees, again, now, they're struggling again. They lost four in a row now. So, now they're three behind Boston, two in the lost column. They still got the first wild card right now. Them in Kansas City got the two wild cards. Then you got, like, Tampa three out, Minnesota, Seattle, and the Angels four out in the lost column. So, Yankees can put it back together. They're still in good shape, but you don't want this losing streak to keep dragging on here. Obviously, the Indians, the last two nights have really <clears throat> took it to the Yankees. And, uh, you know, they got two more games left in the series, so we're going to see if the Yankees can bounce back against the Indians. But, you know, so far, the Indians have been pretty much looking like a lot better team than the Yankees. But, and Boston's starting to win. Boston, so the Yankees lost four in a row, Boston won four in a row. Last week when we were on the show, the Yankees were in first place, and now all of a sudden Boston has jumped back ahead of them. <clears throat> now you look at Boston's pitching staff, I mean, you know, when Price gets healthy, you know, when you're looking at Price, Dale, you know, these guys in the rotation, obviously, you know, Porcello's having a really bad year. So, great year yeah, last year. Porcello's really been awful this year. But Boston obviously missed, is missing Ortiz's bat, but they're still, they're still scoring runs. They've still got plus 71 differential. So, and they're playing good, and they've taken a, a three-game lead on the Yankees right now. And uh, so you look, like I said, I went with a wild card. The Yankees three out, Tampa four and a half out. Baltimore was starting to play a little better. So the last couple of nights where they lost two games, they're seven and a half out. And Toronto just hasn't been able to climb out of that, that horrible start that they had. I mean, they're nine and a half out, but they just got off to such a bad start. They dug themselves such a hole early. It's just hard to get out of. Cleveland with a three and a half game lead over Kansas City. Minnesota seven back, you know, fading out. Detroit eight and a half out. Berlanda, will he get dealt? Pitched a good, great game last night. Ten strikeouts, but will he get dealt is the question. He cleared waivers yesterday as well, so he can now be dealt to a contender. I think his contract is really the big issue right now. They can't move that contract, and I think that's the only reason he's still there. And, you know, Berlanda is one of those guys that you look at like he's a tiger. Like, it'd be weird kind of seeing Berlanda in another uniform. But we'll see what happens. I mean, you never know. Somebody comes to the table. Detroit's won four in a row now, but they're still eight and a half back. The White Sox obviously 18 out, you know, build up for the future. But one of the stronger farm systems, in the, you know, coming up. I mean, they really loaded their farm. 
the Astros obviously running away, 15-game lead on Seattle despite their injuries. The tight division is pretty much in the book. There'll be calls. Correa is starting to swing a bat, so he'll be back soon. McCullers went on the DL. Keiko's back now, so he's working the kinks out. Seattle obviously 15 out. The Angels 15 and a half. Then Texas 18. Oakland 22 and a half. So, again, so in the AL you're looking at, you got two division races still up in the air, the Central and the East. The West is pretty much done. Then the wild cards are a battle. So the AL is a lot, there's a lot more competition right now in the AL than there is in the NL. The NL just looks like it's in a, in a, a major rut right now as far as pennant races. You just look like everything's locked up. Uh, other than the NL Central, which is still a race, the NL East is over, the NL West is over, and the wild card is, is really a, a nice a nice big opening right now for Colorado and Arizona. One, unless one of those teams really collapsed, they're in good shape right now. So, and also just think, talking uh, about last night, so looking at the Yankees, again, lost 6-1 last night. I'm sorry, 7-2 last night the Yankees lost. It was the other night that there was that. So, so it's 7-2 that the Yankees lost last night to the Indians. Obviously, uh, let's see. Jamie, how many guys see his first start for the Yankees didn't go well, 4.2 innings, five hits, four walks, five earned, six runs, five earned, four strikeouts. So he had a rough first outing. Trevor Bauer was unbelievable last night, seven innings, seven hits, one run, two walks, seven strikeouts for the Indians. The Yankees. Right now, they're just struggling offensively. Judge had a hit yesterday, a couple of walks. It was good to see him actually getting on base more. Got the average back to 300, but Judge has been in a major slump since the All-Star, but since the home run derby. Got to wonder, again, did the home run derby really take its toll on Aaron Judge, like it's taking its toll on so many other players? Clint Frazier, a 0 for 5, he's struggling now. You know when Hicks comes back, Hicks is going to be right back in there. Frazier struggles, 259 on base percentage. you got to like what you see out of Frazier so far, but he definitely needs some more work. I mean, he's on base percentage, 269. You know, that's not he's not getting it done right now. And Matt Holiday's been in a major slump, 229 now, another 0 for 4. They need to get Holiday going. It was so good for them in the first half. And, you know, Todd Frazier finally hit his first home as a Yankee, so I'm sure they're happy to see that. He's 18th of the year, 2 for 4 for Frazier. Headley with two more hits. Gardner with two more hits. But other than that, not much for the Yankees. Torres had two hits, and Didi had two hits, but not much, not get, not doing enough, especially against Cleveland. Brantley, two for four, went an RBI and two runs scored up to 298 now. And Canarsion with a two-run, a two-RBI hit, double and, uh, two, you know, two-run double. And uh, Austin Jackson with a ribby. So, you know, Cleveland just Cleveland's playing good. Listen, Cleveland's a good team, and you know a lot of people expect Cleveland to possibly go back to the World Series. So, <clears throat> but the Yankees, Yankees desperately have to try to get a win today. They need to get back on the winning track today. So, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what they can do today. I know Montgomery's pitching today for the Yankees, so they're going to try. You know, and he's a guy whose rotation spot is is kind of in in jeopardy, as they say. Like they may be looking to move on from Montgomery, like to put him in the pen and go with a five-man. But right now they're going to stay with a six-man rotation, and Montgomery is going to pitch. He's facing Salazar today at 7-10. So that'll be interesting. And you have the White Sox and the Red Sox at 7 o'clock, James Shields and Drew Pomeranz. 
tonight. So that'll be another interesting matchup. So we'll see if uh, the Red Sox, because the Red Sox are struggling. Believe it or not, they're not beating the White Sox as easy as you would have thought. Last night they took them 11 innings. And uh, so, but listen, the Red Sox are playing good. And they won four in a row. The Yankees lost four in a row. So obviously the standings have turned around in a hurry there in the AL East. So the Yankees need to get it going again. All right, we're gonna get. I'm gonna go through some trade deadline deals in a minute. I do have some callers. I want to take some callers right now. Now, if anybody wants to call in, seven one eight five zero eight nine eight eight three. Talking baseball, but we'll, as always, we talk anything. We go with the flow here. So, whatever subject you want to talk, whatever sport you want to talk, we're always down for anything. But right now, from the beaches in St. Thomas, Christine, what's going on? What's up? What's going on, Chris? It's nothing. Just hanging out in St. Thomas with my family. It must be nice right there on the beaches in St. Thomas, huh? Beautiful. Beautiful. Beautiful weather. Beautiful. Tropical. Very nice. Um, I can imagine. I just want to say, yeah, I just want to say I'm really not that concerned. I know the Yankees lost three in a row now, but I'm not concerned with them. I have a feeling they're going to turn it around. They they go in and out. It, I, I, I'm not worried. In fact, I, in my mind, they're going to make the playoffs, and then we'll see what it goes from there. They're, they're, you know, they, yeah, they're still in good position. They were in first, then they fell back, then they were first again, now they fell back. They have a lot of big series coming up with Boston and, and the Rays, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, like you said, you got the Boston games are going to be huge. You're still in good position for the wild card. So, yeah, you know, they just got to they just they just got to get it stabilized. They got to try to get a win today. Big Ten, and just uh, you once know, once Judge comes out of once Judge comes out of his slump, and you know, these guys like you said, the, Matt Holiday. The Judge yeah. is still stuck in the home run derby uh, swing. I think I think he I think it threw his swing off the home run derby. Yeah, yeah, well, hopefully they're working with him on that and, you know, they take care of that. But, uh, you know, I'm not too concerned right now. So, you know, sure, I would like them to be winning, but, you know, they're three games back. We'll see what happens. They have a couple of big series coming up next weekend and next week. So, we'll see. Yeah, guys, you got to get it. You got to just, like I said, stabilize it, get it rolling. And, uh, you know, next week's big, but you want to try to get a win here today if you can. That's why you definitely don't want yeah. to get in Cleveland here. So you got to try to get, right. get something, else. especially with the Red Sox playing the White Sox, the team they should beat. You got to try to get a win here. So you, you don't want to fall four, five, six games behind, you know. So. Right, right. So we'll see. But, but the Sunny Sunny Right now, Denny won of their game. Spot. Yes, he did. You know, too bad. They couldn't pull that out, you know, but, you know, because they're really not getting blown out other than last night. They yeah. lost, what, 7-2, to two, but they, they're most in the of game. Yeah. only one or two runs, you know. So, we'll see. It's amazing because with their bullpen, all they need is they have a lead in, like, the sixth, seventh inning, and then they're in good shape. <clears throat> yeah, you yeah. Know, they've been making a lot of errors in the field, so their defense hasn't been great yeah. lately. Right, right. Uh, that's that question. So we'll see. Hopefully they get it together, you know, and 
Well, we'll see. I mean, like you said, it's a big surprise that they're this good this year anyway to begin with. So nobody expected that, you know. Exactly. What do you think? Uh, what do you think? Your uh, another note. What do you think? Your Cowboys. Cowboys. They played the other day. Hey, they won the game the other night. I know. They yeah. won, so. I mean, obviously, you know, right now it's the first, first, first game. What happened? I met a few Dallas fans here. <laughs> oh, okay. They're like, you're from New York and you're a Dallas fan? <laughs> but, There's yeah. a lot of Dallas fans in New York. Yeah, they're from Texas, so they're like, oh, which team do you like the Bills or the Giants or the Jets? They're like, we like the Cowboys. They're like, oh, we're from Texas. Like, oh, see, there you go. There you go. Bond, bond in with a cowboy fan. Right. How's the weather there? Everything's nice there? Oh, my God. It's so hot. It's beautiful. The girls are having a great time. Oh, that's awesome. Because they're not proofing uh, Amanda, so, you know, having Sam and oh, so they can do whatever they, they want. Out. Yeah, they can go out every time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so. nice. But how's everything there? Everything's good. Okay. Yeah, everybody's okay, good. Rolling along there. And uh, you know. Okay, good. Well, thanks for calling from there. Now, thanks for giving me the Absolutely. time for calling from there. I appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your trip. And you guys coming back Monday, okay. right? Yeah, Monday night. Yeah, yeah we got Monday Bodie night. in the house here. Bodie's in the house here. Oh, she's there. Oh, yeah. So I said hi. Well. All right. Well, you guys uh, have a good time, and I'll see you when I get back, all right? All right. Definitely. Have yeah. a good time. Enjoy the vacation. Bye. Say hi to everybody. Thanks. I will. Bye. Christine from the beaches in St. Thomas calling in to talk Yankees and some Cowboys. Great to hear from her, and a uh, great part of call from vacation in St. Thomas. So thanks for the call. So just looking at some other stats, the Yankees are talking about them struggling. Gary Sanchez, 12 pass balls this year. So he's struggling behind the plate as well. And, his, you know, his average ain't what it was. He's hitting 266, I think. Gary Sanchez struggling as well. So we'll see. We'll see. The Yankees right now just is something a little off. And, you know, and listen, again, I just talked about this on the show. The Yankees are way ahead of their curve right now. Nobody expected them to even be where they are this year. So, the fact that the Yankees are even in this discussion right now, nobody expected it. So they're going to have some growing pains with all these young, this young talent they got, but they got a lot of young talent. So let's just see, let it play out, you know. So <clears throat> and hit the phone lines again. Before I do, I want to give a shout-out to our very own Bay Ragney, who's having, you know, going through some health issues right now. And uh, just, you know, give him a shout-out. Let him know we're all thinking about him here. It's totally driven, and we're all behind him and pulling for him. So, you know, hoping for speedy recovery and everything, uh, you know, everything to be okay. So, they, you know, from all of us here, it's totally driven. Obviously, you know, we're all thinking about you, and, you know, you're the reason we're all here right now. We're all doing what we're doing, and, uh, you know, the network's great. You you do a, you know, you have a great show, and you just run a great network here and keep everything together. So, we're all behind you, and we're all uh, pulling for you, Ben. So, just wanted to, you know, give you a shout-out there. All right, now I'm going to hit the phone lines again, and we're going to hit up with uh, our man, Magic Mike. What's up, Mike? Hey, what's going on? I was just listening to uh, 
what you were talking about today, and uh, I'm I'm the same uh, I'm in the same boat. You know, like you know, we all want a speedy recovery, and uh, it's not only the network. You know, Totally Driven now has a magazine, and Totally Driven now has live shows. Yes. Yes, we do. We have magazine, live shows in Philly. I mean, there's so much going on right now. As we just grow and expand, it's just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And speaking about Philly, I don't know if you heard, uh, some uh, some um, some some fan of the de- some fan of training camp. They went into uh, they went into training camp. Uh, they went to a special training camp for the Eagles, and uh, there was a guy wearing a Dez Bryant. A cowboy jersey, and they went over to him and they asked him to take it off. And he said, "Okay, you know, I have no problem, you know, taking it off." But then they asked him how he got in, and they said, "You know, he said he got in with a cousin because you know his cousin's a season ticket holder." So then the guy asked him, "What would possess you to come in here wearing a cowboy uh, jersey?" And he told him, "You know, I'm a fan of the Cowboys." So after he took the jersey off. They, he revealed that he had a tattoo, so they asked him to leave. He had a cowboy tattoo, so they asked him to leave. <laughs> hey, listen. People act like it's the first time they've seen tattoo. I know, like, uh, i seen something that you were telling me last week about Francesca getting on you. You met Francesca, and he got on you about your Buffalo Bill tattoo. Oh, big time. Big time. <laughs> hey, listen. Big time. Some people like my, to uh, my, cousin met, my cousin saw him this week and said, uh, and said, and he said, "Did I really hurt your cousin's feelings?" He goes, "No, he was cool." He said, "No, he seems like a really nice guy." He says, "He, he says, Mike he used to call your show all the time." He says, "He's a big Buffalo Bill fan." He says, "A lot of Bills fans used to call my show." <laughs> yeah, so he told me on, the man? funny story about Chris, about Chris Russo, about Chris. He told me the funny, a funny story about him. He told me that Chris picked the Buffalo Bills to to win. The Super Bowl over the uh, Giants. Uh, oh, over the Giants, the Giants, he picked. Okay. And I think he may have picked them over the Redskins too, but but uh, I I know the Cowboys. You know there was there was nothing with the Cowboys. You know everybody was picking the Cowboys. Yeah, well, that year Cowboys were dominant that year. You know. Yeah, but that, you know, that, but going back to knowing the blowout. When uh, when Leon Lett was carrying the ball low, and was it Dom? Was it Beebe came out, came from behind, and stripped him of the ball in the end zone? That famous play. Yeah, Leon that Lett was, was running with. Yeah, that was. That crazy. was crazy, but, and I and I also think that the, they they did a great uh, documentary on the Bills um, about the Super Bowl. Um, you know about went about trying to get to the Super Bowl. It was it was frustrating. It was a frustrating time. Um, but also an awesome time to be a uh, a Buffalo Bill fan. I mean, uh, yeah, you know, you can't, you know, you can't uh, look at it. Hey, by the way, t- this week I-, I see you giving away rookie cards of all the Hall of Famers. What about John Charles? Where's his rookie card? Spot on, Charles. I'm giving just player rookies right now. <laughs> he was the play. Hey, he was the player. He was the best player we had, baby. He got all our, our players. I mean, look, he is. A, he was a great. Uh, he ran the team awesome. I mean, he built a he built a great team there. I definitely did. Great pitching The pitching alone, you're right. The pitching alone was unbelievable. Um, 
and uh, it's all, you know, it's all, it's all, but I, I tell you one thing that scared me, and this is funny, Jeff Bagwell, he, he was a beast, and he, him, him and Biggio, they had some team. Oh, yeah, Killer Beast. And I put Berkman in that in that uh, in that category. Yeah, Berkman was Lance part of Berkman the Philippines was, too. Yeah. Lance Berkman was awesome. Lance Berkman he was, was very was good unbelievable. player. You know, the other two, obviously, the Hall of Fame is Biggio and Bagwell. You know, but Berkman mm-hmm. was a very good player too. Yeah. So you know who's a, a very famer, but an you know, very you know good who's player. a very good ball player? Your son. <laughs> yeah, I heard you guys played in uh, MLB uh, the show the other day. Yeah, we did, and uh, he almost beat me. Yeah, he's got, he's got a, a very a good game where it came down to the wire. Yeah, and he starts walking all my good players, so I start walking all his good players. <laughs> he likes to he likes to hit and throw at good players. He, he likes to nah, do that. No, he's good. He, no, nah, he's good. He was he was playing he was playing good. He was straight. He was good. He was you know he was he was on the ball. He was good. He got a ball. I don't know how the hell he got it. He got me. He got me. He threw me from the outfield right to third base. He got me out. I was so pissed. <laughs> I said maybe I'll try to steal on him. So what? So what else is going on? And uh, so how do you feel about us so far with your Buffalo Bills and training camp? How are you feeling about that? Yeah, I I, I feel uh, I feel pretty confident. Um, you know, listening to um. Listening to to both of the the ma- the owner, the manager, the general manager, the coaches. Listen to Sean McDermott talk about his um his game plan. Uh, I feel you know I feel good. Um, I'm just wondering what the number's going to be for the Buffalo Bills. Now I know the line. I think they're picking them to win like maybe seven or some or six games or something like that. I know it's or something like that. I know maybe seven games. But I think the Buffalo Bills are going to be good. I don't think they're going to necessarily make the playoffs. I don't think they're a playoff team. But I, because if you look at the if you look at the the background of the Bills and everybody that's listening to the station this year, the Buffalo Bills had some good receivers. This year, they took a lot of the receivers away, um, and that's another thing too. How do you expect to have a weapon like um, what's his name? Like you know, like, like you want Tyrod to be the the guy with the gun, but you know the hero. But yet you took away his weapons, so he can't yeah. be Rambo. You know what I'm saying? He can't be Rambo. Um, well, I, know, I, think the I know. I know from what I'm hearing that Buffalo's not happy with the quarterbacks early in camp. The quarterbacks aren't playing well early in camp. Well, what I heard, see, I heard the opposite. I heard they're very happy with Tyrod. I heard that yesterday, actually. I heard that yesterday yeah, they were heard, talking I about Tyrod. I actually heard they were very upset with him that he wasn't. He was looking very shaky in camp. Well, you know, but there, there was the offense. Well, they didn't like the way the offense was flowing. Now, granted, it's early, so it, it, it don't early. matter. But, you could have worse problems McDermott, like Miami. You know, Miami's early. got all these injuries. I mean, um, I, I talked to somebody about um, Rex Ryan this week, and yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not hurtful. I'm not hurt about it. I like Rex. I thought he was good, and I I I stuck up for Rex a couple of times when when your friend was calling him a fat, whatever he was calling him, um, and and, and uh, Brown. Yeah, yeah, Dude Brown. I I enjoyed Rex when he called him Fat Rex. I enjoyed um, 
Rex, I thought he was good. But, but I do agree. You know, I I do agree. I do agree with some of the the stuff that he had to uh, had to say. Um, you know, but but then but then I know. But then getting rid of him and moving on and and uh, you know. I don't, but you got to wait and see. I guess see how it plays out, right? Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I think so. You know, and 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 then the Braves side of it, I was hoping the Braves would be a little better. Yeah, the better. The NL East, they're running away right now in the National. So. And this year I denounced my. And this year I denounced the New York Islanders. They're no longer my team. I I now have the Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> okay. Oh, so you're giving up on your Islanders? I'm not giving them up. up. I'm just not going to be rooting for them as hard as I would. You're jumping you on the Jack Eichel bandwagon. I love it. Jack I'm Eichel jumping on. Hey, I'm jumping on. I'm jumping on the owners. They're the same owners. They all the Pagulas. The Pagulas own. Uh, the Pagulas own everything. <laughs> uh, I got another good good story for you tonight. I'm going to see Impact Wrestling. Okay, where where is it at? Staten Island. And the reason why I'm going, because everybody knows I'm not an Impact fan, the reason why I'm going is because LAX, the tag team, LAX, I trained one of those guys. So I had a hand in training him. Oh, so you're going, you're going for support. That's cool. I'm going because, I'm go, and I'm also going because of the big article in the paper. <laughs> There was a big article about my friend about magic, get, you know, training these guys, and my name oh, was okay. on how I used to help train and help support them and help. Um, I used to coach. I used to do promo training, you know, helping them with promos, and I also used to work them out. Like if magic was late, we would do push-ups, sit-ups, and we would do a we would we would have a contest and stuff, and that's basically what we did. And it was fun, you know. It was, it, it, but, 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 um, I'm very humbled by, you know, by what, by what happened. Actually, Magic called the kid up and said, "Hey, what happened to Mike? You didn't get him a ticket." He goes, I, "Mike can go." He goes, "Mike used yeah. to drive, drive me everywhere." He said, "Remember when you used to drive me to work?" He said, "No, Mike used to drive you to work." <laughs> they used to be late. They had no cars, and and he said to me one day, "I'll never be in." in a big organization. I said, you'll make it. I said, impact will take anybody. And sure enough, he remembers me saying that. That's but cool. they got, they got the impact um, because another tag team bowed out. There was another tag team that was supposed to go, um, a bigger tag team, and they bowed out because of, of work and, and family issues. And, and um, they really didn't want to go to TNA. And they let these kids go to TNA. And now, these kids are telling stories about how they grew up in the projects and how they made it. And you know what? I'm very happy about that. Oh, that's good to hear. So, yeah, have a good Although time. Although I was quoted the other day by somebody saying that I don't want my friends to make it when I never said that. So, well, <laughs> they listen, said I said Have it. a good time. Yeah, they quoted have me on that. They said I, 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 I said that. Listen, have a good time. Before I let you go, though, I just want to tell you something. Okay. You, you did win. You won one of the cards of Jeff Bagwell. Your killer bees. I'm going to give you the Jeff Bagwell rookie card. Oh He's man, yours. you are the man, bro. Hey, you know what? I want to win. I want to win a. Uh, I want to win a, a game against you. I want to play a game against you. Well, that you know, you don't want that because you're not going to win that. <laughs> How do you know? Let me tell you. 
at least here you won something. I'm only kidding. But Mike, thanks for calling as always. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, any any time you or your son wants to play me, I'm I'm available to play. I I love um I love sports. Oh, by the way, um, I meant to ask you something before you let me go. You're a big uh, hockey fan. Do they have ho- Do they have a hockey game for PlayStation Four? Yeah, NHL sixteen, NHL seventeen. Do they have a new one coming out? Probably when hockey season comes out, but seventeen right, is the latest. Yeah. yeah. How 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 uh how is that? It's a good game. Yeah, it's it's fun. Good game. Very good. I gotta I gotta I gotta get it on it. Uh, I'm excited about that. Uh, thanks, Anthony. I'm excited. I won. Uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Mojo. You are the the best sports guy out there. I told all my friends about you. I tell everybody to listen to you every week. Thanks, Without Mike, you, this station that. doesn't run. So you're the heartbeat of the station. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. All I right. Really I'll talk, and I'll get I'll you. You'll, to you. I'll send you the card in the mail, all right? Yeah, I can't wait. I'm excited. Thank you. And uh, say hello to Mrs. Mojo. And uh, and if anybody wants to come out tonight to see Impact Wrestling, it's at Staten Island Yankee Stadium in Staten Island. Oh, okay, by the ferry, yeah. By Staten Island Ferry. By the ferry. It's beautiful out here. Yeah. All right, man. Enjoy. I will. All right, man. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Magic Mike. Oh, Ellie's... Uh... Of always colorful Magic Mike calling in, talking some Buffalo Bills, talking some baseball, and he won the first card of the day, the Jeff Bagwell rookie to Magic Mike. So congratulations, Magic Mike, on uh, winning. So we still got the Tim Raines and the Pudge Rodriguez we're going to give out through the show to the callers. And uh, so we'll get to that shortly. And uh, we're going to get – I'm going to take a quick commercial. But when I come back, we're going to get into some uh, – we're going to go over the trade deadline. We're going to talk about some deals in the trade deadline. And then we're going to, get, you know, take some more calls, some Mets calls. And then uh, if any Yankee callers want to call in, we'll go some Yankees. And then later on in the show, we're going to do some NFL and NBA. So a lot a lot to still come on in the show. We've still got over two hours. So I'm going to take a quick commercial. And then when I come back, we're actually going to take a call as soon as I come back. So I'll be, I'll be right back. Attention business owners, website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right. You can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap. It's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com. To keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. Handwritten on 8.5-inch by 11-inch aged parchment paper and using smudge-free ink to produce original, high-quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes, mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detectives' quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence, or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash letters from homes. For $5 today, you can buy a wealth of things. Gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza. $5 still takes you a long ways. But did you know that $5 can buy your child a bag of heroin in the streets? That's right. For only $5, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lies. Be aware of the stealing. Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. 
$5. This message was brought to you by Casey's Cause, a group of parents located in southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember, $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause, www.caseyscause.com. Looking for that perfect gift for your girlfriend? Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Roll up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to TeddyScares.com. And be sure to become our friends at Facebook.com slash Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our store is voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable is filmed in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our Wacky Stores page on Facebook. Very bad, serious thing for football. 
Uh, it's the scary. Yanks, it's a scary we'll, thing. It really is. On uh, to the Yankees. We're in a bit of a tailspin here. We can't hit the ball anymore for some reason. Nobody. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. I mean, what 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 could be, you know, what's the problem? I mean, all the, I, I mean, I, you heard me touch on the Judge thing, and we talked about it, like the home run derby. I think the home run derby is a big factor right now with Judge, his swing. Yeah, he, he he's swinging at pitches he didn't swing at earlier in the year, and he's also not, I don't think, using that right center field power that he has. saw it the first half season, and we saw it in the home run derby. I think that's what he has to do, but it goes beyond him. They're all in a slump now. Holiday, in as much as he's been a great player, he can't keep somebody in the lineup who's hitting about 230, maybe, and really, if you look at the comeback from his virus, has been just deplorable, and you know, Sanchez had a bad game last night. I think Sanchez is a very good hitter. But and we're just not hitting the ball, and the Red Sox are hot. They're, I think they've won four in a row, and we've lost four in a row, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so that's why last week, last week I was, uh, you know, I was just talking about how the Yankees were, you know, a couple of games up, and how in one week how the, the, the standards have just shifted in one week, which is pretty crazy because of, you know, okay, because a little losing streak, like you said, four games each way. And there it is, four games in the standings, just like that. You know, and don't get me wrong. You know, I think that, you know, again, as Yankee fans, I think that we're very surprised. I think we got into, you know, we're really good and we're really young. And, hey, we're really going to we're gonna make a run here. As you and I said, I don't think. And, and, and you know, uh, Stevie Padman yesterday with Alan were talking. Uh, by the way, what time is Padman versus Adam? I may call back in for that rematch. I missed it. I don't know. With Padman, you never know because, you know, Padman, he's here one minute, he's gone the next. You never know when he's going to call. Yeah, but I want want to see that series. I'm going to call that the heavyweight match. But, you know, the Yankees, look, they could have gone to get, get, you know, Darvish, who pitched great last night in his first game. But, again, I don't want to give up what we have in the farm system. So they probably got as much as they could with Sonny Gray, and he's going to be fine. He pitched well the other night. We just couldn't steal the ball, which is another. Thing. Yeah, I agree. So with no hitting, but we can't catch the ball anymore. That's a different problem. Plus, you would have had to give up a lot more for Darvish out of your farm. Yeah. You know, you would have. You might have had to give up Glaber Torres to get Darvish. You know, so. But you know, but look, hey, we, I, it's just going to sound crazy. I think the Yankees are still believe they're not going to win that. I think they're going to win that conference. I really do. I think they're going to win the East. Um, hey, another team you got to give some shout out. How about the Dodgers? How good are they? Forty-two out of forty-eight, Sal. Forty-two and six in their last forty-eight games. Is that unbelievable? That is unbelievable. And Kershaw, I think, has been out for the last two weeks. Yeah. So he missed two. So yeah, he probably, three weeks. Yeah, three weeks now. Kershaw has been out. Yeah. So he probably missed three to four turns. Yeah. So and okay. it's so it's just like nothing. They just keep going. It's just like a, a well-oiled machine that keeps going. Very, very good team. Very, very well-rounded, and they seem like they're having fun. They put on the, you know, newscast. They see Quakes having fun. 
you remember Quake having fun. I remember him always being in trouble. Yeah. He's got, what, he's got a career high of 20 homers, right? Quake? I think he's, and I want to say he's hitting close to 260. Not bad. And Bellinger, 30 home runs, unbelievable, right? And he missed the first, he didn't even play the first month of the season, Bellinger. Kid, kid, kid's a good ball player. And if you look at his body, it tells you that, you, that you're surprised by the amount of power that he could generate with his build. But he's only going to get bigger. But I think right now in baseball, and then I'll ask you your view, I think right now in baseball, you really got to look at the Astros and you got to look at the Dodgers. Obviously, the Nationals are always going to be hovering, but I just don't know. What's your view? Yeah, I mean, like you said, you, you couldn't put it any better. I mean, between you got the Dodgers, the Cubs, I still think the Cubs long term, I mean, they have so much young talent, the Cubs, that the Cubs are another team that are going to be there for a while. And, uh, you know, between the Cubs, I mean, the Cubs and Nationals, I guess their long term is going to depend if Harper stays or not. And, you know, because their pitches, like, you know, Scherz is 33, he's going to be 34, so their pitches are getting a little older. But if Harper stays, they'll be fine. If they lose Harper, that'll be hard to recover from. But, yeah, uh, well, the good news is that they don't, they won't have the Yankees bidding on him. So they have to be happy about that. Yeah, it don't look like the Yankees are going to be looking for an outfielder. So. But then I, again, it's the Yankees. You never know. And I, 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 hopefully not, and I really do. Hopefully we put that money, spend that kind of money, go and get one or two really, really, really front-line number one pitchers, and then they really set themselves up. They'd have that guy, whoever he may be, Severino and Sonny Gray. That's a pretty good three to throw at anybody. If you're going to spend the money. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. I, they need pitching. You know, they could probably use a third baseman or a first baseman eventually. I guess you got to see how Bird the, the Bird develops. You know, it looks like a third baseman they're going to need at some point. Well, but pitching, right. well, pitching, gonna, pitching is definitely, gonna, you know, you don't have to have a superstar at every position, right? So pitching is going to be the key. You need you have to have quality starting pitching. So they're gonna they're I, gonna I, put Torres at third. Yeah, so they're probably going to do that. You're right. I'd expect the Yankees to spend big on pitching this offseason. season. I, I that I expect. Or or next. You know, Darvish is out there. Arietta is out there. You know, Darvish, Arietta, those type of guys. I won't be surprised if they get them both. Well, look, you I know. mean, we were talking. What was everybody talking about with Harper? Four hundred plus million, right? Yeah. Okay, so go out and spend five hundred plus million. And pay to those two guys twenty five million a year. And you probably you probably won't even have to get spend five hundred million for those two pitches. You could probably, I would say, Arietta about a hundred, and then Darvish maybe one fifty. So about two fifty total, I think you can get both of them. Arietta is struggling a little this year. I don't think he's going to get a monster month. Like he'll get a hundred. He'll probably get five years a hundred or something like that. But there I don't think go. he's going to get like. Darvish will get a bigger deal. See, so there you go. Although Adam, I got to tell you, Adam has a different view. Adam thinks that the game is going toward hitting and away from pitching. So you still need pitching. You still need some pitching. I mean, that's my view. I think you take good pitching. 
The Yankees have done a good job of loading up young hitting in their minors and now calling them up. But now you got to add the pieces pitching wise. They don't have those all those pitches in the minors. They have one, you know, they have their kid Chance Adams who could be good. But other than that, they don't. They need another guy. I thought the Sonny Gray deal was really good because you get a nice pitcher entering his prime under contract for two more years after this year. You know, I thought that was a good deal for them. I really did. I like the Sonny Gray move for the Yankees. And, and, and I really like the reliever that they got in the uh, trade with Frazier and Robertson. Oh, Collie. I can't, Collie? I can't even yeah. I can't even pronounce the guy's name, yeah. but I mean he looks very good. And also, you got to remember, Sal, guys clear waivers. You can still get other guys now. There still could be other trades. Just wave the guys got to clear waivers, and then you know, not saying the Yankees would go for him, but a guy like Verlander could still be had. And Ver, you know, if you feel you could win it this year, but you know, the money obviously is an issue with Verlander. He's got two years, fifty million still on his deal after this year. But I'd much rather get Verlander two years, fifty million, than Arietta five years, a hundred million. See, that's a choice that they're going to have to make, and you know, again, I I sit tight. I mean, I, I'm not. I don't want to chase a championship because I don't think that's how you do it. I know you're you're still iffy on him. I would still like to see Bird come up before the end of the season, um, and also, you know, hopefully Hicks is going to be back soon. And I'm also going to see what Tyler Austin does. Let's see what these guys do. Bring them up. Let them play. Let's see what they do. Don't don't start loading me up on, you know, guys on waiver wire. I'm okay without doing that right now. I don't want to chase it. But look, Ann, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna turn off. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate talking to you again. Oh, great! Thanks for uh, calling as always. I may call in. I may call back in for some CTE because I'm serious when I say that. Parents, think about it before you make. Yeah, your we're gonna be talking football in the, in the twelve o'clock hour. So if you want, call back. I'll talk to you later, buddy. Have a good day. All right, man, thanks. Bye-bye. Sal calling in, talking some baseball, some CTE. As the CTE stuff is scary, if you really think about it. We're going to talk more about that when we get into the football later, but it is scary to think. That's why, you know, people are hesitant to have their kids play football. I mean, you know, I know I'm hesitant about having my kid playing football, and, I, you know, I just, you know, the small kids, and, you know, like you don't even have to be a small kid. You could be a big kid. I mean, the, just the collisions and the contact. But we're going to get into that later on. But I appreciate Sal's call, talking some Yankees, talking some baseball. And, you know, like we talked about the Sonny Gray deal, so the Yankees gave up. Dustin Fowler, who everybody's seen that unfortunate injury when he ran into the wall in his first game. I mean, I was saying to see he's out for the year. Uh, James Caprillion, who's out for the year, uh, a pitcher. I've got Tommy Johnson, who's one of their higher-ranked pitching prospects. And then Jorge Mateo, who kind of been like a forgotten guy with Gleber Torres, but Mateo is a pretty big prospect, and, you know, that was the key guy for Oakland that they wanted. So, I mean, Oakland, I think it's a win-win. I think Oakland got three good players. I know two of them are hurt, but you got two really high upside guys there that are hurt, and Mateo has big upside. And, listen, it's tough to trade a pitcher like Gray, especially when he's under contract for two more years, but that's what the A's do. I mean, if you look at the A's history, that's what they do. They trade guys, but and they do it right, though. You trade the guy when it's still a couple of years on his deal where they have max value. Because if you trade a guy in the last year of his deal and it's a rental, they lose max value. So it's all about maximizing the value, and that's what they did. So give Oakland credit as well. So I think it's a win-win for both teams. They thought it was a good trade. We talked earlier about the Mets 
ACL. So the Mets got Jamie Callahan, Gerson Batista, and Steven Nagosik from Boston. Batista's the guy that here with the most upside in this deal. I and mean, it was none of them are top ten prospects. They were actually ranked 18, 23, and 28th in Boston's farm. So none of them were Boston's top prospects. You know, if one of these guys pan out, you hope. I personally thought the Mets should have got something a little better. I think they got quantity over quality in this deal. Hopefully one of these guys pan out. I would have liked to see the Mets get a, just even one better prospect back, you know, or package read with one of those outfielders with a Grandison or with a Cabrera or something like that and try to get a little something better. But this is what they chose to do, so we'll see. We'll see how it pans out for them. Hopefully one or two of these guys pan out for the Mets and uh, it works out. But, I mean, they weren't keeping Reed most likely. They weren't going to sign him. And they could if they, actually, if they really want him, they could still sign him next year. So so I guess they got something for him. And I'd like to see them move move a couple more guys and get some stuff So you know, for the other guys. But like I said, just a couple other guys that moved. LaCroix went to the Rockies, Jonathan LaCroix, Francisco Lariano to the Astros. Obviously, uh, you know, Washington, they got Doolittle and Matson. Now they handed gloves to their bullpen, so they did a good job uh, loading up with uh, relief pitches. Uh, Jeremy Jeffries back to Milwaukee. Joe Smith went to Cleveland. So you're seeing guys, move, you know, teams getting those that bullpen guy, like trying to add that, you know, those bullpen guys. Then you had uh, Joaquin Benoit to Pittsburgh. You had. Uh, Obviously, the Cubs got Justin Wilson and Alex Avila from the Tigers. So you had all these these teams. Most of these deals, if you notice, everybody's getting relief pitches. And then you had outfield Melky Cabrera to Kansas City, which is a good move for Kansas City. Obviously, the Darvish deal, the big chip they got in that deal was second baseman Willie Calhoun, who's the fourth-ranked prospect in the Dodgers' farm. And the Dodgers, who we all know, have a great farm system. So that was a good deal for – Texas getting a, a blue chipper like that. They also got A.J. Alexi, the right-handed pitcher, and infielder Brandon Davis, Brandon Davis from uh, the Dodgers. So Texas is hoping Willie Calhoun is going to be that guy in that trade, though. And obviously, he was the best prospect that went, went went over to them. So, and then you look at it, and you, now you look and you see guys that are clearing waivers, and uh, you know, you know, Verlander, Bruce, these guys cleared waivers, so. We're going to see who gets sell that. You know, I still think the Mets might trade Jay Bruce. You know, it's going to be interesting to see if it happens. But uh, Grandison's another guy who could help somebody. He's a good second-half player. He's dreadful in the first half, but he's always been a good second-half guy. And uh, Cabrera, hopefully. I think the Mets really should get him off the roster if they could. I know they're talking about maybe bringing him back to the second base. You either got to commit to him or not commit to him. Then you're not committing to Walker. So, you know, and Wright's, you know, Wright's also, you know, trying to come back now, so he keeps the Mets up in the air again. I mean, personally, I don't think Wright will ever be back, but, I mean, Wright's a great guy. Everybody roots for Wright, obviously. But, I mean, when's enough enough is the thing. That's, you know, what Wright. So, obviously, we talked a little about earlier about Rosario, and uh, it was nice to see. I, you know, to me, certain guys have an it factor. He has an it factor when you watch him. So, it's good to see him. You know, he had a nice hit yesterday, nice his first career stolen base. So he had two triples this year already in two games in the second and third game, back-to-back games. So that was nice. So you could see the speed. You could see the glove, you know, that he has the glove. You could see the speed. I mean, on the first game, 
You can see he had some jitters in the first game, but other than that, you can see he's settling in now. And I would really like to see Dominic Smith up soon at first base. Let's see what these guys got. Let them play the year. You know, they're interesting enough, too. We talked about Utley killing the Mets. He has the second most home runs at City Field from an opposing player with 14. Stanton has 20, but he has 14, which is a crazy stat against the Mets. And uh, speaking of Stanton, two more homers last night to take over the MLB lead. One of them was a bomb, 477 feet. So Stanton with 35 homers now leads the majors in home runs, taking the lead over Judge, 35 to 34 now. So Stanton, Stanton's another guy we all know. If Stanton stays healthy, he could hit 50 every year. I mean, so Stanton's just stayed, his whole thing is just season, and he is this year, and you see what he's doing. Just, 35 homers on his way to a 50 homer season if he stays healthy the rest of the year without a doubt. So, <clears throat> Marlins, I'll tell you, the Marlins got some hitting teams. If you look at the Marlins hitting, they're like, their hitting is just insane. I mean, everybody in that lineup's doing good. I mean, Azuna's having his bust out year, which is nice to see with Azuna this year. And these all guys, great part about it is I drafted a lot of these guys on my fantasy team. I drafted. Welcome back to the Mojo Sports. I think there was some technical difficulties there. I'm not sure what happened there. I'm trying to fix it right now. There was clearly some technical difficulties there. Hold on, just bear with me for a second. Well, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm going to play a little song. Bobby Thompson had done it, and Yogi read the comics all the while. Rock and roll was being born, marijuana we would scorn. So down on the corner, the national pastime went on trial. We're talking baseball, Klazuski, Campanella, talking baseball. The man and Bobby Fella, the scooter, the barber, and the nuke. They knew them all from Boston to Dubuque. Especially Willie, Mickey, and the Duke. Well, KC was winning. Hank Aaron was beginning. One Robbie going out, one coming in. Kiner and Midget Goodell, the Thumper and Mel Parnell. And Ike was the only one winning down in Washington. I'm talking baseball. Klazuski, Campanella, talking The Scooter, the Barber, and the Duke They knew them all from Boston to Dubuque Especially Willie, Mickey, and the Duke Now my old friend, the Bachelor Well, he swore he was the Oklahoma kid And Cookie played hooky to go and see the Duke me, I always love Willie May. Those were the days. Well, now it's the 80s, and bread is the greatest, and Bob. 
Bobby Bonds can play for everyone. Rose is at the vet, Rusty again is a Met, and the great Alexander is pitching again in Washington. I'm talking baseball, like Reggie Cleveland, talking baseball, Carew and Gaylord Terry, Steve Garvey Schmidt, and by the blue. They'll be with Willie, Mickey, and the Duke. Willie, Mickey, and the Duke. It was Welcome back to the Mojo Sports Show. Thanks for holding in there. I think we had a little technical difficulty for a second there, but we're back up and running now. So we're going to hit the phone lines again right now with our man. We're going to continue with this uh, conversation with the Mets with my man, Dr. A. What's going on, Al? Hey, Mojo. Mets conversation. Good, good. Um, I, I heard Sal call in, and he mentioned the, the CTE yeah, um, subject yeah. in, in the NFL. And before I jump into the Mets, and I do want to talk about Rosario not being called yeah. up a lot, a lot sooner. But on, on the CTE, I was just reading um, a Sports Illustrated article on it. And, like, this was an exam of, and this is why the topic's out now, of 200 deceased football players. And then, and then it says 110 of 111 brains of former NFL players had CTE. So I'm, so I'm reading that and I'm saying to myself, you have 202 in the study and it says 110 of 111. So what happened to the other 100? So this study grabbed people from the NFL but then also played in high school and college and never played the NFL. So overall, 177 of 202 had CTE. Like these numbers are scary. And if you're in the NFL, half of the people in this study were NFL players and 110 of 111. It makes you wonder that one guy that didn't have it was he a bench player, right? And then, then it also has, yeah, 44 linemen, 10 linebackers, 17 defensive backs, 7 quarterbacks, and the age from 23 to 89. So this says people that, the 23 has to be people that never played in the NFL, maybe just played high school or college. And, And the high school and college, they said it was less severe cases, mild cases of it, NFL, you're talking severe cases and almost 100% of them. So, like, when we see the game and, and these late-hit calls, and, and like, we're, we're beginning to see the changing of the game and the impact on this generation of players compared to the generation of players that all have CTE. You know, what we really got to hope for for the longevity of the NFL, and I know Sal said we all love the NFL, and I know you do, and, and I know I do. I would not like to see the end of this game because of CTE – on the same, the opposite side of the coin on that, I, re- I recognize the game has to change. 
yeah. like some of what we're seeing has to stop. And we've already seen the rules, the linemen, and most of these guys being linebackers and linemen, the constant head collisions for four quarters is the, is the driving factor of this. And then your quarterbacks, your wide receivers, not even in the study. That's where we see the big hits on television, but it's not constant big hits. So the CTE is for the guys that are constantly banging their heads, getting hit in the head for four quarters. It's starting in high school. Mild cases, but that's where it's starting, and it's developing through college. And obviously by the time you're in the NFL and have played for a while, you get to that scary number of 110 out of 111. And then the people that have it today, a lot of retired football players, they're not studied yet, not diagnosed yet, but when you see 110 and 111, you're a tired football player. What, what's going through your head? You know, and, and I saw an article, Terrell Davis, saying a lot of retired players, they're scared. They're worried about it. You know, what's their life going to be over the next 20 years having it? What does it mean for you? You know, did, did all yeah. these players you have it? You see it, it now, severe... like, as the guy hits his head, they do, they, you know, they got people looking at, at replays up in the booths, and they're, they're making the, the players come out of the game. They're falling down to the field and getting the players out of the game if they see something dangerous. Right. You know, it's not even like, I seen a play last year. I was watching the game, and I seen it. The guy got up slow, and he was dazed, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Wow, this guy, this guy, uh, this guy needs this guy. There's something wrong. This guy got hit in the head." And he was staying in the game. All of a sudden, I hear them go, "You see, like the the officials motion towards him, and they take him out of the game." It was called down from the booth that they seen it too, and they seen the guy was a little staggering. It was pretty crazy uh-huh. how they noticed it right away, and they, you know, and they should. I remember that you would notice well because you're a Steeler fan, and I watched it. I'm a Dolphins fan. That hit when Matt Moore got hit in the playoffs against the Steelers last year on the sideline. Yeah, as you and were talking about Miami, that, that's what was coming to Miami mind. Miami got in trouble. Miami got in trouble for that because they didn't put him through the concussion protocol. They put him right back in the game. He wanted to get, he wanted to get in the game. Right. I mean, I, you know, I, I think we're to the Miami point. Miami got in trouble for not handling it right, you know. I, I, there's a responsibility, I think, to the refs, to the coaches, to the guys up in the booth. And as fans, you may may not want to see a guy come out. But after a big hit, you know, if it's in the head, definite. But I, you've played football. You've been hit. You, the whole body being jolted <laughs> rocks your head. You don't necessarily need to be a direct hit to the head. When you see a guy winded, hit in the gut, and they, if they're hitting the floor, odds are their head hit the floor. When we see that, maybe it should be an automatic concussion, concussion protocol. And, and instead yeah. of let's see how well he walks off. And we see guys walking off slow. It should be automatic. You're not going to ask a few questions. Let's decide if he should go through the concussion protocol or not. The NFL rule, it's, we got to keep changing. 110 of 111 is a scary percentage. That's just basically saying everybody, right? So that means it's time to protect these players if we want to continue with this game. And, that, and when you think about the nature of this, and, and the hit of it is on football, but it's got to be for boxing, for MMA fighters, you know, any kind of contact sport, they all have to have it too, especially boxers, right? You're, you're stepping in the ring and getting hit in the head, for 12 rounds. So that this can't be something just for football. Football's under the microscope of it now. But I would think if you tested all your retired boxes, 
you'd probably get a 110 of 111 number too. You know, famous or not famous, yeah. anyone who's doing that for a living. You know, and, and Padman, I know he hasn't called in. He brought up this point when I was talking about it with him. Can you tell people you can't earn your living this way? Like they know, we're more knowledgeable now. It's like smokers. You know smoking's bad for you, but you smoke anyway. You, you obviously know playing football is going to have a risk. Can you tell them you can't earn $5 million a year, $7 million, $10 million, you know, playing football? Yeah. You know, because yeah. of this disease. Do you end it? Do we just scrap the sport because of this? And all these people um, getting scholarships to, to go to college uh, and people who are playing in, the, in, the, in a, for their whole NFL career, do you just end it? I don't necessarily think that's the answer. Maybe the NFL is actually going the right direction slowly and saying, how can we protect the players? And then we won't really know how well we protected them until this generation is retired and we have a new study. And if it's still 110 of 111, Obviously not enough, and then you can consider things. But things have changed for this, for the guys we're watching today. We see big hits, no doubt about it, and it's a it's a violent sport, no doubt about it. Just let's do what we can to protect the players. And then guys like a perfect and headhunters that you just want to smash people, maybe we'll start getting them out of the game. The guys that yeah, might do yeah. the late hits, and once you're a repeat offender and you're not going to change and – especially the hits that are out of bounds. Anyone, you know, you're, you're in the middle of the game. I could see a late hit out of bounds. Your adrenaline's gone, but guys that do it repeatedly and, and kicking people on the head when they're on the floor and little things like that, unnecessary blows to the head, adding on top of the part of it that's part of the game. I think that's why any player can change how they play. There are guys that play the yeah, game yeah. right, and we've all seen guys that don't really play the game right. I say we got a big enough pool of players from college. We don't need in the NFL the guys that won't play the game right, no matter how good they are. Yeah, they just yeah, you're right. the NFL keep doing what it needs to do to protect the players. Because when I see one ten and one eleven, I'm sure when you see it, I know when Sal mentioned it, it's a scary number. It's too high. You know, but this is players who played in the '70s, really. You know, and when you're looking at twenty-three to eighty-nine as the age group in this study, it's just, I'm glad it's coming out. I don't want to see the NFL or, or boxing or MMA fighting or, you know, let's take wrestling and throw that in there. If you did a study on them, you don't think they would have it? Yeah, of course. They they throw their bodies around, hit their heads and fall out of the ring and hit the floor. And that's, why these guys, that's why these guys are swallowing pain meds before games. You know, they need through these games. Yeah. So you know, maybe, maybe an answer is if, and here's a, an, an issue. If this study had 100 people that never played in the NFL and they all had mild cases of it, you know, coming out of college. So if you played two, three years in college and in high school, this study is saying you probably already have the beginning stages of it, a mild case of it. I don't know what a mild case of a brain disease means if you're diagnosed with it. It's not good. And if you were to stop playing and never play in the NFL, does this keep getting worse on its own? Does it stop where it is? You know, I think a lot more is going to have to be learned about about this um, brain disease. And what what can yeah. you do for players? I mean, like, what um, do you do with the key? Like, I mean, they try stuff with helmets. The helmets didn't work, trying to, you know, put more padding in the helmets because 
again, once now you make the holes in it. Yeah, when you once you make contact at full fledged like that, you're running into somebody like that and it's just it causes you know, you're running full contact like that and you know, your head's jarring no matter what, right? Your head's jarring your brain is just jarring oh, you know, every time you get hit, your brain's moving. I mean it's just it's insane. Right, right. Doesn't necessarily have to be but we see the blow to the head. You know, protecting players from it can't hit the quarterback in the head anymore. Uh, I'm, at this point, I'm all for that. But it also doesn't, as what you're saying right now, doesn't have to be a hit to the head. Your body's jarred in these, in these high-speed collisions that we see. And, and Jim Plunkett just had an article, and the headline, My Life Sucks. And I was like, is this personal? He's not making money. And then the whole article is about all the aches and pains. So does he have CTE or not? Say he didn't. His issue is his legs hurt, his knees hurt. He's got a hip replacement, a knee replacement, a uh, elbow replacement. He's made out of metal, basically, from all the busted up joints from playing football. That's not even CTE. And he's a quarterback. Yeah. Right? So we wonder why we're protecting quarterbacks so much. Let's face it, in the past, I mean, his generation of football is very different than um, – and Ben takes a beating, but when Ben, Brady, Eli, they're far more protected than when you go a generation back to, to Marino and, and older. These quarterbacks are plowed into the ground. Everybody landed on them, stepping on their fingers, walking away from the pile, kicking them when they're down. It's like the opposite of being protected. A defense's job is to clobber the quarterback. Yeah, heads bouncing off the floor. And... Yeah, so he, he played in a what you could call a very dangerous time to be a quarterback because the defense had free hits on you. They were sacking you. They were smashing you to the ground. Try that today. You're going to be flagged. So they're, they're far more protected than they were. And I would still think a lot of quarterbacks retiring would say what he says. Maybe not to the extent they've had all these replacement surgeries that he's had. You know, and if you've ever seen clips of when he played, he, he was a scrambler and took a beating. It comes with yeah. the territory. Yeah, but yeah I, 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 I just again, want to talk about do, this. What do we do? What do they do to stop it? That's the key, right? Like, what can they do? Right, you know? That That's a tough question. Other than some players saying, why don't they all put skirts on and play flag football? Like, and I, in all honesty, you'd still get some collisions and there'd still be some CTE. But maybe there's more that can be done without, say, changing or ruining the game. Yeah. Or maybe you you just say if you're in the NFL, every player's got a seven-year limit. No matter how much more you think you can play, that would be horrible to a lot of people. But if we're really going to um, reach the point where we say it's about the players and their long-term health, maybe seven years they all have CTE anyway. It doesn't make a difference. Seven years, 10 years, 15 years. Yeah, you know the the facts or well, the information. I would say the study leaves off with the one ten and one eleven and and the the one overall one seventy seven of two hundred two is how long these people played. You know, once they were in the NFL, the people with severe cases were they in the league ten years or in the league five years? You know, how long was their career? You know, and, and your average running back is three to five years from, you know, everyone that plays running back. And the guys that play that long, 
is it as severe in them? Is just putting a, a limit on how long you can play would that help solve it? These are open questions I don't have the answer to. You know, I just want the people on the show and you, it's like, this is what the NFL, I guess, needs to be thinking about. Yeah. Hey, you, you, and, uh, yeah, but I'm sure they are. I'm sure they're stuck. They're trying to figure out how to stop it. They just can't. I don't know, you know. I I don't know how you stop it within the game itself other than limiting how long you're allowed to play. So when you go in the NFL, you know X amount of years, and that's it. Everyone's got to think about what they're doing after, make what you can during that time. It's not like we don't have enough college players in a draft. You know, teams would just – what a team is today, five years from now, would always be different. And is that much different than college football, right? Every four years, you got a whole new team. Maybe the NFL is going to have to kind of rotate into something like that, you know, to protect players. It's a yeah, scary thought that people out of college already have mild cases of it. Maybe a limit in the amount of years is the – I'm only saying because maybe that's the only possible answer. I don't know how you change the game to prevent tackling. Yeah. To prevent someone's head from hitting the floor when when they get knocked down. And that, I just can't see it. I can see the no blows to the head to the quarterback, the unnecessary hits, delayed hits, and throwing people out of the league. But beyond that, it's tackle football. It's still going to be contact. You're still going to run into each other. You're still going to be collisions. You know, there's not everything is a dirty hit, right? So it's, it's, yeah. There's the front line, like, to try to figure out what the issue is. And I'm sure the NFL is doing everything they can. They just can't, you know, the guys, kids today, are just, they're just stronger and faster. And, you know, it's just, it's a part of it, too. And this, this study is guys that aren't bigger, stronger, and faster, that generation of people playing. And they all have it. You know, so what's going to happen to the generation of this bigger, stronger, faster generation when they're doing a study on them? Of course, you're not doing a study till someone's deceased, right? It's a brain study. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. think they have a way of finding this out for the people, who, you know, who are playing today. <laughs> it's more affecting their life after football than anything else. Yeah, if, if you found you know, a way later to in life. blood test and finding this disease in players, you'd see a lot of players with diarrhea. Yeah, and and uh, by the same token, you may not. Guys might say this is it. You know, after they're suffering, they may change their mind. But it's what people dream of, right? NFL players. You know, you play through high school, you play through college. This is it. And at that point in your life, I'm sure for every player, this is it. This is the highlight of my life. You know, it's what what you. It's yeah. And when the kids get obviously you're a big kid, you get bigger, you're stronger. You feel you could take it. You don't feel like it's right. an issue. You feel like you, you can, can call it young and stupid, and, right? Yeah. It's funny, young, young and foolish or naive. But with these studies, I think players would be less naive, and veteran players would probably be speaking to younger players coming up. I'm just curious, if anyone, when you get on to football later, is there any better ideas than eliminating the amount of years you can play, limiting the amount of years they can play? I don't know. Yeah, off the top of my head, that's what I come up with, and I don't even know if that will solve it. Yeah, I mean, you tell somebody you can only play this amount of years, right? <laughs> yeah, you're in college four years. If you play four, let's make the NFL five, and that's it. Like I don't. Let's 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 get an opinion of let's get a natural opinion. <laughs> hey, boy. 
up, man? You got the natural's opinion? You'll hear the opinion from the natural. And then we'll get into some mess. What's up, Batman? What's going on? Gentlemen. Well, I have How to you say, doing? Uh, I listened to, to, to Mr. Mojo and Dr. Ray for two weeks now talking about, uh, you know, uh, injuries in the NFL and, and, and the brain um, implications of it uh, and the long-range implications of it. And I actually think the topic is incredibly riveting. You know, I really like how, you know, the different angles you guys um, – are really coming up with, and, and the conversation is, is really riveting, and I think it's something we should continue to, to speak about. And, and, and I just want to, if I can, speak about that last point. What do you do about it? I don't think anybody it's hard knows. to say. I mean, that's what we're trying to figure out. Like, I don't know what you can do. I really don't. But, when they try to fix the helmets, they're trying to penalize and suspend people for dirty hits. But I, like like we were just saying, it's not all dirty hits. It's sometimes well, it's just yeah. collisions. These guys just running into each other, you know. But are but are we we meeting? I'll, I'll just use the three of us as examples. But I think it really is probably about ninety nine percent of NFL fans. I want to say hypocritical. We're talking about or we speak about how horrible you know it is for these NFL players. You know, when they retire or when they get hit and they can't move and they got a lot of things wrong with them, some of them have mental problems. But we stand by the water cooler and talk about the violent hits and the big guys that are, that are throwing other people around and the speed and a running back that runs through somebody or wide receiver that goes over the middle and gets upended or a running back that is on the one-yard line jumping over the line and getting popped for getting the touchdown. We're glorifying it, and that's part of the problem. That's why it'll never stop, because it's making money, and that's what draws people to the game, the violence of it. I hate to say it, and, and I'm a, you know, I, I'm a fan too, and, and those plays are exciting. Yeah, you know, it's it's a big worry. Like Sal's talked about it, we've all talked about it. The NFL's worry. I mean, I read an article today, Terrell Davis. It says everybody's scared of the NFL about it now. Like, it's just a scary thing that these, this, you know, did this study now that's out now, I mean, it's, you know, it, it just shows you. I mean, anybody, you know, 110 out of 111 brains examined from from bodies of deceased NFL players were found to have CTE. No, no, that's well, scary. Well, well, this is my question. I don't know the answer. And I think Dr. Ray mentioned it last week, and, and I – I'm asking because I don't know of, not, not because I'm trying to test anybody. When when kids play Pop Warner and they play middle school and they play high school and they play college, at what point do they develop it? Like, is it dangerous as well to play in those low levels? Or is it something that repeated hits over, you know, we look at an NFL career as five, six, ten years, and we say, ooh, they developed CT in the NFL career. Well, is it possible they have it? Or, or, or the possibility of having it prior to the end. NFL careers is a lot shorter lifespan or, or, or career span in general than, you know, that that NFL player playing his entire life, right? You know, kids start at five years old. They, they come out of college and go into the NFL, let's say, 21, 22, 23. So they're literally playing 20 right. years before they get to the NFL. Yeah, 
Well, well, based now on this, the study, right, the study had high school and college players in it. It wasn't just – there's 200 people in the study. 111 were NFL players. The rest played football, high school and college. And for high school players, they found – doesn't give a number, but it said mild cases of it. And then for college and professionals, more severe cases of it. So the now, overall was 177 of 202, if you're including the college and high school that never played in the NFL. So it's there for some people mildly right out of high school. Yeah, but it also could be something that's compounded over time. Like we always compare it to a boxer. So maybe if if, if they were yeah, most definitely be, the people yeah, with the so, mild cases. I'm sure if they would have gone the NFL, would have had severe cases, right? It was not something. Yeah, but, but what I'm saying, it's not just an NFL problem, you know. And and I no. think if some, if somebody never played a, a football game in his life and just played five years in the NFL probably has a, le- a little a smaller percentage chance of getting it than somebody that's played the game for 30 years. Right. Maybe a concussion limit. You know, well, you, you get a concussion, you come back, you get a concussion, you got guys that yeah, have you only concussions get so many playing. And then you can't play anymore. And then you're out well, rather than saying, well, well, I recovered. The one thing they do do in the lower levels, and I don't know about, I don't think they do it in high school, but they definitely do it in the lower levels, is they have weight limits on different positions. So you can't have a guy hitting, you know, most of the time you're not going to have a guy in the field 250 pounds heavier than somebody else squashing them. I think they do a pretty decent job with that. They have weight limits at each position. Well, what they're doing now in, in youth sports and in high school and everything, they're trying to teach the kids to tackle differently now. It's trying, they're trying to make it avoid, they're trying to make them avoid concussions now. They are trying to teach a different way than they have in the past. But, I mean, instinct is instinct, right? I mean, you're running full speed into somebody, you know, I don't know. I think it's difficult. I, I, have, a, I have another question for you guys. I mean, I'm of the belief that 99% of NFL plays take some type of uh, enhanced steroids or synthetics. Um, or painkiller. Just, just by looking at them, um, I think I think if they I think if they potentially cracked on uh, down on that, you're not going to have as strong or fast of, of players. Possibility to to, to kind of maintain it a little bit. Because you, you you can't tell me in a generation, which, which let's call a generation of 15, 20 years, guys, you know, the way we eat got us that much bigger. I mean, you're talking about, you know, you know tight ends that, that, that would have been linemen 20 years ago, 25 years ago. Yeah. No, I don't know. I think, I think, I think, I think, and I think they turn up. Everybody turns a blonde eye because once again, the violence of the sport tells the sport. That, I mean, unfortunately, um, that that that's really what it is. I mean, what do you think? Uh, what do you guys think of, of steroids? Uh, you know, in uh, in in football, and and uh, I guess other synthetics. Well, there yeah, are I mean, other synthetics listen. out there that they can't test for. We won't know until they yeah, discover exactly, that fact, right? Exactly. Yes. Presumably, there are. That's what I would presume. That just like steroids are once used and wasn't against the rules, you know, the Lalo Zato generation of football players, 
Yeah, and, and those, that's another host of issues that guys get from doing that, what it does to your body, making your muscles stronger than your joints, and, you know, why you have joint issues and torn this and torn that. Right, the muscle is too strong for what the bone can handle. No, you know, but for it makes you, you can't. You can't tell me that it doesn't make you faster, a little faster. I'm not saying it's going to make you a, a, a guy that, that takes three seconds off your, your 100, uh, you know, 100 meter time, but you know, it does make you fast. It does make you strong. It does make you more durable. You know, if you if you if you ring fence that a little, maybe that'll have a little bit of an impact. I mean, you really. Well, let's say this: How long do you think these steroids prolong the career of certain players, the recuperative I, abilities, their abilities to get I out think, on the field next week, the next I week, and does that hurt their CTE? My 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 opinion is. It prolongs it a lot, and my opinion is also, and, and, and many might not might disagree with this, I don't believe in the NFL um, steroid program. It just doesn't make sense to me. There are more guys in baseball, I call it, than, than in football, and you can't even tell me that you need more recovery um, ability in baseball and strength and all that stuff. Football is a, is a, is a sport that actually calls for steroids. Um, but I don't believe no, no. it. I don't think any, any real big superstar name got, got caught on steroids yet that I can recall. I mean, why is that? I think it's more that it keeps you healthier, too, in football. Like, if you take it, it just makes you be able to gut through these injuries every week that these guys have. I think more yeah, than anything. I'm, I don't know if necessarily it's going to make them faster or a better player. I just think it's going to keep them healthy and keep them on the field. Their recuperative ability. Right. No, yeah, no, yeah. No, but, but, but you can't. No, it makes them stronger. So they're hitting with more force. They're pushing with more force. It makes them stronger. There's no, there's no, look, there's a refute that it might, it might not cause hand-eye coordination like in, in baseball where we see and people are saying it, it makes them hit home runs and all of that. There's no doubt steroids make somebody stronger. There is irrefutable sure. evidence that steroids make somebody stronger, which means they're going to hit harder, which means they can push a little harder, which means the impact is going to be greater. Right. Yeah. Now, would you say that's a problem for today's generation of football players or back in the 70s, or it's just always been there? I just don't think right, it was this, noticed this, back then. Right. This I mean, study, now the athletes, remember, the athletes guys, are stronger and faster now, but I mean, I so think these injuries are going to be worse. Existed. Yeah, is, exactly. Is going to be worse for this generation of players compared to the previous generation of players? Are they getting hit harder more often? You know, this is a study 20 to 89 years yeah. old. If you're 89, you didn't play recently. Were you playing before the steroid era? Uh, uh. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know, but, but look, I, I don't look. I'm, I'm throwing a lot of questions out there, and, and believe me, I have no answers because yeah, that's, the that's answer how we is, feel. The, the answer is, and I think it's a fantastic topic, and you two guys really covered it really well last week and, and, and this week before I got on. Fantastic job to both of you, but. Um, to me, it's frustrating because to take um, the risk out of football is to take the violence out of football, and then what really? Then it's not the game of football. Not so. Yeah, very I don't true. think you can. I don't think you can. I mean, we still, we we still are a society 
that we like, you know, we watch violence. We, you know, there, there's a there's, there's a we, we do. When you watch a game, do you like to see a running back make a make a good play, a wide receiver break out open and get a touchdown? Is it necessary? We see hits in the game and to make you cringe. But I don't look, think anyone still, enjoys that any more than a fantastic play. Look, we're still talking about Bo Jackson running over Brian Bosworth. Yeah, these are yes. incredible that was, plays. Yeah, that's and, equal to you know, a wide receiver breaking over downfield. It was an incredible play, but I'm saying it was a big impact. We love yeah. Christian Nakoya running downfield, smashing people. That's part of the John Riggins. That's, that, that's Look, and it's not just in football. When when we were allowed to do it, and you see the runner, and and everybody who knows me, I'm a big baseball guy. You know, we have to put a little baseball in here. A person around second base coming home, and the the, the ball's coming to the catch. He's gonna have it a couple of a couple of seconds before the the the, the, the runner comes home, and we know there's gonna be an impact. You hold your breath. It's an exciting play. Well, you can't you yeah. can't block the plate anymore. We can't tell yeah, you that can't block the run. Block the post, he got his leg I'm talking about I'm talking about that. Alan. I'm talking about I'm talking about in the past. In the past exactly. we loved that play. We loved that play. You know, they, they had a way to curtail that because one of the players one of the, the MLB's premier players, Posey, broke his leg on a on a play, right? a, a play at home and they decided to change the rule. Right. Uh, you know, they changed the rule at second base because in a playoff game, uh, you know, um, what's his face? Miguel Tejada hurt his, uh, broke his leg, and, and I'm not sure Tejada, if that had yeah, 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 I'm not sure if that had impact on the game, but it had an impact, right? And if that was a superstar, if that was if that was the guy from the Astros, if that was Derek Jeter, they would have burnt the place down. So yeah, no, you're right, you're right. What I'm what I'm what I'm saying is baseball found a way around it. But baseball itself is a finesse game. It's a hand-eye coordination game. And it's it's easier for them. Because of the season. It's easier to do that. In football, yeah. I don't think we have any answers because I don't think the, there is any answers. The difference is the, 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 the only thing I can think of is they, they create better helmets, better padding, and I'm sure there's a race to find those things because there's a lot of money in it, right? If you can find something that prevents or limits Concussions, uh, everybody would go for, right? It's, a, it's probably a million-dollar race here, more than a billion-dollar race. But other than that, I don't think there's anything you could do. I really don't. Uh, you know, fair to say, um, I, I think the game is a violent game. It's like taking checks out of hockey. Then what are we doing? Playing soccer? Right. That's They've already, already tried it with the helmet. It didn't work. Right. Limiting how long you can play the game. But I don't think that's the case either, A, because... They're probably going to have it. But you yeah, you got to figure, if you listen, have it, five more years to make it worse, right? Yeah, but but wait a second. First of all, and this is and this is my opinion, I'm a football player, right? I make the minimum wage. Who are you to tell me I can't make a living? There's a lot of... Look, there's, 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 there's lion trainers in the, in, in the circus. You don't think that's dangerous? Have being a cop in some really bad neighborhoods. Is that dangerous? Going to war for our country, is that dangerous? Did anybody tell you not to do that because it's dangerous? I don't know. It's like it's like telling me what to do with my own body. I'm not so – I mean, I think that you should publish the risks and, and, and people can take it the way they want. But I think there's other occupations that are, that are pretty dangerous as well. 
maybe not as dangerous, but it's dangerous. The difference here is it's a sport. It's a sport. Well, it's a sport, but like say, it's a great example and a great, I think, a great point. And we discussed it before. The great point you're bringing up. But say like for a police officer that's in the street in a bad neighborhood, your risk, right, of something bad happening to you is the same day one, day two, five years on the force, ten years on the force. If you're ten years on the force, every day is an equal risk for the same single event to happen to bring bodily harm to you. If you flip that to the NFL, it's a prolonged punishment of blows to the head that are causing this. You'd have to compare it to a cop that's shot a little bit every day. Yeah, but yeah, but wait which a doesn't second. happen. You're at risk for one time incident compared to this is a an I accumulation. Understand. I understand what you're saying, but 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 look at these miners that go down in the in the hole all the time. The guys that, who work that's on oil rigs, compar- that's much the guys more comparable. That, that do that do recovery out at sea. But even like a cop, if you're a cop in a in a very sad neighborhood for five years. There's a less chance that you're going to get in trouble than if you're in that in a cop in that bed, same bed neighborhood for 10 years. I, I think so, you have the yeah, equal but, risk every day. You know, for I, a coal I think, miner, I get that's a yeah, perfect analogy. The only analogy. difference is a cop's making 100000 and an athlete's making $100 million. <laughs> that's a big difference. Well, well no, but, no but, but Dr. Ray, you, you uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Dr. Ray, um, uh, um, Mojo, you, you're right, but you could also say they're getting paid for the danger of it. They are, and they're making they're making a they're making a conscious choice to do it too. A lot of these guys too, and and this is you know I I have something going on. I have to have to hop, but um, you know, a lot of these guys are blessed. They're blessed in a way. My my older daughter's going to school now, looking at colleges, and we're all over the place looking at different schools, and the cost of it is incredible. I would say. Most of the NFL players probably got a free ride to an education, so probably you know two hundred fifty, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars worth of of schooling completely free, right? And they got and they were able, if they wanted to, to get an education at some of the top schools. Some of these guys are coming out of really good institutions. Right, and most don't go to the NFL. Most, most use don't that go to the degree. NFL. So, so this game is giving a lot of people great advantages. And the other thing about giving them a time frame in the NFL, it would have to be games played or games on the field because, like, you you know, you, you get a rookie quarterback. He might come up and not be playing time for two years. So, so, so what do you do then? He only plays for two years? Or if he's, he's a part-time player and, you know, he, 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 you know, putting a direct time limit, the minute you get in the NFL and the minute you get out, you, you can really limit somebody's playing ability. Yeah, it could. You could be a bench player for a year. It's just something like I, I, if I'm the NFL commissioner, I throw all these ideas on the table, debate them all, discuss them all, and try to at least you want to look back and say we did what we could to, well, to maintain the integrity of the game and to protect the players playing the game, and they have to find that balance. Well, the bottom line is, in my mind, the bottom line is, The players are making a conscious choice. Now, they didn't know the risk 10 years ago. They might not have known the risk five years ago. Now they know the risk. You're going to see, like you guys were saying, you're going to see people retiring early. You're going to see people maybe not going to the NFL um, when they could. 
because now they have the information and they'll continue to get information. And maybe the NFL will get a little bit better uh, um, in, in, in preventing it. But I'm, I'm for a concussion limit, though. The shame of it is years ago, years ago, um, <coughs> years ago, folks got in trouble and they didn't even know what it was because it wasn't publicized. It was a research. The NFL kind of, NFL hit it, right? Which was a horrible, was a horrible thing to do. They hit it from, from these teams. So, so now the NFL is trying to make a, uh, you know, a complete turnaround and, and being, you know, trying to be in the forefront. But really what they're doing, and it's good, they're giving people information. They're giving players information. They're giving parents of players information. And you can make, people can make a conscious choice. Look, I, I have a lot of folks in my town that football is the number one sport in my town, I would say hands down, when I, when I came here 15 years ago. Now maybe not so much. And the reason being, a lot of the really good athletes, the parents don't want them to play football. They just refuse, you know, they're putting the kids in soccer and baseball and the other things, but they're refusing to let the 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 the, the boys, at least, I should say, play football. Which, you know, you can't you can't blame them. Oh, that that's and and that's in the film in, in the movie that came out on this subject. What would end the NFL would be kids stop playing. You know, not you wouldn't end that. End the NFL next season is the last season, but it would end on its own. If kids don't play football and they don't play football in high school <laughs> and in college, you have no more draft. Like, that's what would end the NFL. Well, you're always going to get kids to play because they need money and want to make a career, especially maybe kids don't have the opportunity. So they're always going to play. The level of play might drop quite a bit. Because you might right. not get the top athletes because they go into other sports. Look. Well, other sports, and we we mentioned this with other sports. If you're going to do this to football, you got to do it to boxing. You got to do it to mixed martial arts. You have to do it to wrestling. It has to be in all of these sports. Look, if you're blessed with the talent to play sports, and a lot of these guys can play multiple sports, why would you pick football at this point? Not a guaranteed contract, and the chance of getting permanently maimed is pretty high. Yeah, right. I think you'll see it's a big percentage, and you'll see it go higher now that even guys that play in football, that after four or five years, they get some guaranteed money. They're not going to sign. They're going to retire early. You see a lot more guys now respond to retire earlier, and I think you're going to see it because it's just not worth the risk. These guys make $20, 25000000 million. Get out while you can with the $20, 25000000 million. Why go for that other $25 million and risk your future health and, you know, it's called greed. Yeah, well, that's exactly what it and is. It's, but, and, you know. and, greed, and greed is a pretty powerful. Greed makes people do a lot of bad things. A lot of bad. Greed makes people kill other people. They rob, mean. So, greed is a pretty powerful tool. That it is, Padman. That it is. Look, hey, I, know have you have to, I know you have to run, but what do you think of Rosario so far? I think he's fantastic. I think he should have came up two months ago. You know, uh, he's going to make rookie mistakes, but I think I like I like the – he reminds me of young Reyes, right? Uh, he has an it factor that I like. I, I just like what I see. You know, I, look, I, and, and I think also, too, we're kind of, as Mets fans, 
we're wishing for something. So I think we're probably seeing things that aren't there too because we need to be a little positive because we're, you know, we're, we're really having, you know, we're really having a tough time. Um, but if you want to see, a, a, you know, the, 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 the you know, the, the, what is it, the, the rainbow, you know, in, in the storm, he's the rainbow. Now, I heard, a, I heard a discussion on FAN early this morning about the other guy, the first baseman, Dominic Smith. They said <coughs> that his weight fluctuates like 20, 30 pounds during the season. And when he's on a heavier space, he doesn't move well, and he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a lazier player and a young guy, and, and they really beat him up. It was a med inside, a friend Healy or something. I don't know. So, you know, I, I don't know what to do. I think that was more but, earlier in his career because now it seems like well, he's well, putting it together now. And more. he's just one player in a month. I mean, he's having a monster, monster stretch they right now. They were talking about it. They, they made that comment this morning. So, I don't know. But, look. Well, they can't be talking well, about recently because he's one of the hottest hitters in the minor leagues right now. So, it would be a stupid look, comment. The Mets. The Mets have absolutely nothing to lose. You might as well bring him up and let him get his feet wet and let him get a little experience on a major league level because why not? Why not? He'll sell more tickets than the product we're putting on the field now. Right? Bottom line is he's the first baseman yeah. of the future. Call him up. Yeah. I mean, why not give him a month and a half of major league experience when it means nothing to the major league club? It's not like... It's not, it's not like who we're putting on first base is going to sell tickets more than him. As a matter of fact, I might go to a game that he's at, you know, just, just to see him and Rosario, to tell you the truth. Yeah, I mean, that'll make you go buy a ticket more than anything now. I mean, Absolutely. not that's buying a ticket for right now. Not the bums they're putting on the field now. You're not going to pay – are you going to go pay money to go see Travis Darno? <laughs> I wouldn't see. Tra- I wouldn't. I wouldn't walk up my corner to the high school to see Travis Darno. How about Robles pitching to Travis Darno? I don't want to see Robles <laughs> on the mound anymore. I'm, I actually like the guy. At some point, the guy needs to go down to. He needs to retool. I don't think he has bad stuff, but his location is horrible. I can tell you. Well, what you hear what they said happened the other day when he was pitching in Colorado. When he pitched in the bases loaded and he and he you know he made the winning run score. They said he said he had numbness in his fingers. He couldn't even feel his fingers. He had numbness in his fingers. So why is this guy even on the mound? And then I got to hear Terry Collins making excuses for him. Oh, he's a good pitcher. I thought he'd get us out of it. He's a good pitcher. Well, to tell you the truth, to tell you the truth, I really <laughs> think he has good stuff. I think his location is horrible. I think he struggles with his location, and then he throws it right over the plate. I think that's what anybody that makes the anybody who makes the majors has good stuff. The guy's just not good. He hasn't been good in two years, and even two years ago, he wasn't that good. Well, look, I started. Don't don't get all uppity. I started the conversation. Said I don't want to see him pitch anymore. I don't. I'm tired of him. I'm tired of. I'm tired of Neil Walker. I'm tired of Cabrera. I mean, the guy's crying about moving positions, and he stinks everywhere you put him. So who cares? <laughs> I wish somebody would. I mean, how can a guy cry when he stinks? I mean, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> hey. He might be our third baseman next year. And, and the, the That's funny a good thing, point. Well, right? not, 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 not that I want to get into the Mets, but I've seen a big article, and, and it's the Bergen record by me, so take it with a great Big article that they were celebrating, the Mets were celebrating because David Wright could throw the ball 60 feet. Are you kidding me? 
<laughs> is a professional. That shouldn't even be in the paper. If I was David Wright, I'd be doing that in the tent somewhere so nobody could see me. You're celebrating the fact that after two years you can throw the ball 60 feet? And, the, and, and they'll use that as a reason not to go sign a third baseman. They'll say, well, we think he's going to come back next year. Well, David Wright, you really, and I like the guy. I like what he did for the Mets, all-time Mets. Uh, I, 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 I liked him fan favorite, much like Todd Hundley, I remember. But his time came, and so is right. Time came already. Time to go. Move on. What? Be a coach. I'd love right to be a coach. You know what? I'm glad he could throw 60 feet. Then let him throw batting practice, because that's all he's good for at this point. Let, 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 you know, let him, let, him, let him be the infield coach. I don't care. I don't think he's a bad – he's probably a great guy in the dugout. He probably exudes a lot of confidence. You know what? Keep him there. But you know what? To get his insurance money, he gets some real plays on the team. You never want to see him yeah. on third base uh, again. That's the uh, bottom uh, line. Him, I don't want to see him. Send I don't him to the minors. Him. I'll tell you what. But I'll make as a thing. coach. I only want to see him, and you'll get my reference, outside the lines. I want to see him outside the lines, not inside the playing field. Third base coach, first base coach, outside the lines. Dug out. Don't want to that, see him inside the lines again. If he wants to stay with the Mets, I would think that's the direction you'd give a shot in, in some way coaching, maybe potentially if it works out. Oh, because I think, I think he's a popular player. He likes New York. He has his family here. It would make sense for him to and the take a position like that. Look, he could probably get the insurance money and then be a coach. How nice is that? Look, I feel <clears> bad for the guy. Don't, don't take me as being mean. He's 33, 33 years old, young guy. You know, and, and his career to go up in smoke like that, and he was a perennial all-star, is horrendous. But he has to understand he's hurting the organization at this point. If he's that big of a Met guy and that big of, you know, a fan of this organization, he would let it go. He would let it go. First, he of, goes, all, let if, first of all, even if he did have he, the ability to come back, there's no way after not playing for two years you could be the level you were before plus you're older. In any sport, you take anybody that lays off for two years, they're not the player they were. They can't be. It's impossible. So even if he did have the ability to come back, he probably wouldn't have the skills to be a starting third baseman anywhere. Hey, we're gonna the have bottom line is I'd rather see Tadavano as my everyday third baseman than David Wright at this point. <laughs> well, you know what? That would be an upgrade of who they're putting in now. At least I would try and look engaged. Oh, man. <laughs> Look, guys, have a great Saturday. I'll be listening. All right, man. Thanks, Padman, as always. Okay. You have a colorful Padman, as always, calling in. That he is, right? Yeah. Hey, to keep it going before before I jump on Rosario, and, and I guess on Dominic Smith, too, I think we're all in agreement, and from what you've seen in Rosario, and it's a very small window, I would say I see our best infielder. And it, it's almost a travesty it's, it's that he was not playing this season. Unless it took this long for him to be this good, and now is the time, according to Sandy Olsen, that he could be the starting shortstop. You can also go with the theory of your best player should be, your best shortstop should be your starting shortstop. And I think it's pretty clear to see our best shortstop spent his season in the minors. Yeah, well, that's obvious. That's obvious, and I mean, probably we're going to see the same thing to Dominic Smith. He won't come up till he's won't give a specific time frame. Hopefully, before September first, 
and like we have a first guy, we have Dominic Smith in the minors, and and kind of what you said, he's been on fire, and I saw the same thing, player of the month, 385, eight home runs, 28 runs scored, you know, to, to earn the player of the month. Maybe that should have been done on the Mets. I'm sure he wouldn't have those yeah, no, numbers. They, they but... They'd, they'd rather they'd rather put right at, uh, Branderson and Wright and Brewster first, two guys that won't even be on the team most likely next year to come to development of their future first baseman. Right. Is he in the minors so Branderson can play? That's exactly why he's in the minors. Just to shake your head and say, huh? The season's over. There's no real need for Granison to lead us to the playoffs. It is, it's, it's their time. It's Rosario's time. It's Dominic Smith's time. Get it rolling. Finish the season on a positive. Get the fans to see these guys. Hopefully, we want to come back season next year. Uh, kind of a new and that's, and that's, face of the franchise. But that's, but that's why they're the Mets, pal. They do. Yeah, they're hanging on to to a losing record, a losing team. You know that once gave a shot. Too much went wrong this season. There's really nothing. Not, nothing can save this season. They're being nice for the night, guys. They're being nice for the night, guys. Did you see any of last night's game? Yeah, I watched most of it, actually, his team. Yeah, and you know what stood out in my mind? Wow, the Dodgers are pretty darn good. Stellar play from the the first baseman. Stellar play from the the center fielder catching the ball. And they're smiling and laughing and, and loving baseball. And I'm like, they are just so much better than the Mets. The Dodgers were were fun to watch. Watch them beat on us. But it's day that, and that's night, Alan. It's day and night right now. Yeah. It's the thing two years okay. ago. This team, this team two years ago was right in the mix with anybody. And now, even last year, and now it's just like, what, wow, how they have dropped. Now, maybe we want to wait till bring Dominic Smith up till we finish going 0 for 3 against the Dodgers so he doesn't come up on a three-game losing streak. Maybe that's the answer. Yeah, that would be the only reason. Yeah, you don't want to bring up your guy, so he just enters right on to, uh, let me show you what a really good team is. We're about to lose three games to them. Yeah. With the Grom losing last night, that's a strong possibility. The Dodgers look really good. You know, and we don't see them all the time. You just see what they've done over the last month, which is pretty incredible for baseball. That's unbelievable. But that, yeah. that just goes to show you the difference in franchises and where the Mets are now and where the Dodgers are. They're not even close at this point. Right, not even close. But, Opposite ends of the... All right, Alan, I want to thank you for calling in as always. Doing a great job. All right. I know you're interested you in the it. next segment, the football segment, so I'm sure you'll be listening with Pete coming on now. We're going to be talking some football injuries and stuff like training camp. So definitely hang in That's there. Right. Listen on. I will. All right. All right, man. Keep Thanks it going. For calling. It was good talk about the CTE stuff today. Yeah, I'm sure you guys will cover it in more detail. Waiting to hear your yeah, opinions yeah, and what's going on. Yeah, we'll talk about it some more as well with Pete. All right. All right, man. Enjoy your weekend. I'll speak to you soon. Thanks for calling. You got it. Thanks. Bye. Dr. A calling in, always doing a great job. We put a lot on football, the injuries, the CTE issue, and uh, did some Mets as well. And now, to switch it, we're going to stay with the football talk, and we're going to keep with our man the first appearance of the year. 
So now the question is, if you're them, where do you go? Do you go Cutler? Do you go Kaepernick? Do you just let Matt Moore play? I mean, what would you do? Well, listen, they're going to sign a quarterback, and you know what? For, there's worse quarterbacks like you can Cutler. get than Cutler. Like Cutler. There's worse, yeah. there's worse yeah. than you can get out there than Cutler. My, these are my two options. Uh, I would sign Cutler, you know, see how he looks, you know, and, you know, I would either start more or, or you know, or sign Cutler, you know, to back up more or, or vice versa, or you, or you have more backing up Cutler. And, I mean, if you're a team, you can – I don't care. I'm going to, of course, say what it is, blackballing from the league. There ain't no, no way if I'm an owner or a general manager, I'm bringing this clown Kaepernick to my team and have him being the story of a – Ruining my season, having him being the story. Every player, every little mealy-mouthed reporter with a microphone in their hand or a telephone, putting their, asking them questions about asking them questions about Kaepernick. I do not want my team to be about that. My team's about football, yeah. and that's it. No, I agree. I, you know, you got and plus, and the whole thing with Fidel Castro. He was a supporter of Fidel Castro, and he has wears his shirt. I mean, that ain't gonna fly in Miami with the Cuban population. He's a fool. He's a fool. Who cares? He's Colin Kaepernick. You hear all these reporters on TV saying, "How is this guy not got a job?" And blah blah blah. It's just crazy. Yeah, be by the boo hoo. This guy showed himself to be the dumbest person in the world with with thirty million, thirty over thirty million guaranteed. And now he's going to get nothing, which is, to me, is, is just, it's great. It's great. It's the great, the best thing that could happen. You watch this game, he's just the dumbest person in the world. You want that leading your team? Sorry. Not my just team. Just stupidity, Phil. Stupidity. Yeah. I mean. Hey, just, just dumb. I mean, really. Not, not a smart bone in your body when you have 30 million guaranteed to you and you, and you, and you opt out of the contract for nothing. And now you get nothing. Yeah, that was just completely dumb. I mean, that's just poetic, no sense call that poetic, uh, We call that poetic justice, my friend. Good for him. He deserves it. Yeah, so talking about, like, other injuries as well. Obviously, the Tannehill injury is huge for Miami. You know, they lose a Jaya, got a concussion. They said he should be back. Then you got a guy like Will Fuller, right? Now he's out two to three months with a shoulder football, injury. Right? Yeah. Broken collar. Fuller, yeah, that's a rough one, eh? I hear he's going to start on the pop I see – I'm looking right now. I see he's out for week, already out for week one. So he, there's a good chance of him starting on the pop. Yeah, they're saying he commits the first six games at least, they're saying for sure. So that's that's great. That's another thing that's uh, a big blow for the Texans. But then you have some other ones, no other like me, but you have other like minor stuff. Like obviously the Giants dodged a bullet with Shepard. The other day, they thought it was a lot worse when he just left the field in tears. The other day, but he ends up no. it's only a, a sprained ankle. They don't, they're still determining how severe the ankle sprain is. It a high ankle sprain, but he's most likely will be back opening day. And the Jets, Adams, the safety, the rookie safety, got hurt in practice as well with his hand. I think it's his hamstring. So he's uh, but he he should be fine. I don't think I don't foresee that you know being an issue a long time, but uh. Also, what do you think the about? Thing, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say the thing with these injuries. I mean, you don't ever want to see anybody getting hurt, especially a young player in his first first camp. It's you know because it's all about reps and getting continuity and knowing your spot to be on every on every defensive defensive play call. So I mean, you know, you know, you know it doesn't seem like serious, but this is something that you know what could set a set a young player back. Maybe you know. Four to six games, you know, when you know when they're missing time early, early in camp. Yeah, 
And then and then now you also got you have this thing with uh CLT Elliott now. Do you think you know how do you think he's gonna get suspended? And if he does, how many games is he gonna get? Because he's had a lot of off field drama. Listen, he's a cowboy. They won't suspend him. It's this, 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 the league is so hypocritical at times. He won't get suspended. You see guys. You see guys all the time. If they're on one of these, uh, if they if their owner if 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 their if their owner is uh is you know have not been around with the commissioner, you know, they usually don't get suspended. A.K. Unless you have like like visual proof, like the like like the the Patriots or Tom Brady getting suspended. I mean, you know, there was the proof. The proof was, you know, you had footballs, you know, that were underinflated. You had, unless you had like, unless there's a, unless there's a, unless there's a video of Ezekiel Elliott doing something, you know, um, you know, something bad. I mean, I, I would assume that he wouldn't. His first suspension in the league wouldn't be, uh, you know, for something without, you know, visual proof. But you never know. I mean, personally, I, I think he deserves a couple of games. You know, just you, you want to you you want to get a young player, you know, in the right direction. No better way of getting a guy in the right direction to take some of his uh the snaps away from him. Yeah, give him one two games, and you know, maybe it clears his head. But he's just another guy who just seems that he just bad decision after bad decision. You know, so it's a good thing they didn't catch him for joining. He'd be out for eight games. Yeah. Rather than beating those, beating some poor woman bloody, I mean, yeah. you, you fell a drug test, so you have four games. Well, then you have uh, to this for Allen, uh, Le'Veon Bell hasn't showed up yet. He's holding out, and they they just don't want to give him that long term deal. It seems like they can't agree on a deal with him, and uh, you know, obviously they gave Tomlin an extension as well, but. Le'Veon Bell, do you think they eventually sign him to a long-term deal, or do you think this is just going to be a year-to-year thing because of his past? Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. He's never getting a long-term contract. I mean, the average uh, the average salary for a running back when you when you look at the two uh, with the two uh, real you know big position players that are on the franchise tag, you got Cousins and you got um, Bell. I mean, Cousins next year. I mean, it's a problem. He for him to keep him on the tag, he's going to have to make thirty-two million dollars. With a running back, it's a much different situation. I'm not positive what uh, you had Le'Veon Bell's cap number in front of you. I'm not. I'm not positive what it is, but I'm. 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 I'm pretty sure that it's, you know, maybe half of what Cousins making because the, the running backs in the NFL. I mean, they take a pound in. You know, they get they get concussed. They get hit the most of it out of any offensive player, but they make the le- the least amount of money. I mean, I would think. So yeah, they're yeah, gonna yeah, probably yeah. What they're gonna do is keep franchising him. His number, his his cap number will keep escalating and trickling up bit, bit by bit. But there's really no reason to give him a long term contract unless you yeah, uh, I mean, unless you, unless, they, unless unless they get a number that they're really confident at, right? I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, they should they should give him some guaranteed money. I mean, you know, they, he he's one of the the more you know one of the more versatile, one of the best play you know offensive players in the game. You know, with the ball in his hand, so uh, you know you they should give him some guaranteed money. But the, the unfortunate part about being a running back in this league, it's so undervalued that the franchise number isn't going to cripple a team. So I think the, the steals will go year by year. I mean, he'll make he'll make a pretty penny as long as he stays healthy and uh, produces. But 
You know, I don't see the incentive, incentive really for the for the Steelers to give him a long term deal. Well, right now his cap number is it's twelve point one two million. That's the salary yeah. for this year. Which is well, like half of what he hasn't signed. He hasn't signed this yet. The franchise tag yet. Another thing, if since he hasn't signed it, I might. I wonder if they can if they can uh, find him the, the the twenty grand per day he misses for you know for camp. Because I know if you if you have a contract and you're you, you hold it out, I know you can get fined. But I, I'm not positive. I'm pretty. I think they can they can find him once he starts losing. Money, I'm sure he'll, you know, he'll, you know, he'll sign the tender. Yeah, that's that's weird. That's I wonder. That's a good point. I wonder if they could. Uh, find, I don't think they could if he didn't sign it, right? Okay, because if you have a signed contract, you know, you're technically a violation of it. And if you haven't signed yeah, that tender, which is a good, which fine, is a smart, yeah. Which is a smart move by Bell by not signing the tender because they, you know, if they if they can't find him, you know, he could pretty much sit out camp and then, uh, you know, once season starts, you know, maybe the week before, you know, the, the you know the maybe the, the second week before the season, the you know the the, the dress rehearsal uh, preseason game, he could sign the contract, you know, and he could do his thing, you know, and miss yeah. most. Miss, miss, most of camp, which is, you know... Well, listen, I'm sure he's going to be there eventually. He's probably just waiting it out as long as possible now. So try to yeah. send whatever whatever message he's trying to send. No, well, you know what he's sending? I don't want I don't want to train in 100% humidity when it's 98 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is a smart move. I like to it's see easy. some we're of the big... Take... Yeah. Hey, we're going to take a call together, all right? You ready? Awesome. Is that the big weenie on there? What's going on, sickos? What's up, What's man? going on, boy? What's time? <laughs> Could you guys hear me okay? Yeah, I hear you. I hear, I hear right, you good. good. What's going yeah, on? Two of, two of the most knowledgeable uh, personalities in all the sports. I was just enjoying listening to you guys going on and on about football. I'm getting a taste in my oh. mouth. There you go. It's coming. It's coming soon. How do you feel about your job? Well, you know, especially when you're a Mets fan, it, you know, can't come quick enough, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you wish it was here. Yeah, you know, I want to see uh, Giants, you know, the, the, the bulk of uh, their questioning is, you know, about the offensive line. You know, you know, just just like any football team, it's, it's, it's all, you know, the battles in the trenches is what, you know, makes for a successful offense and defense. So, until I see a co- cohesive offensive line, um, I, it's only so excited I can get. And you got to see if you have the running game as well, right? To see if the Perkins. Well, absolutely, and, to... and and that, yeah. Well, does Perkins take uh, a step forward? And again, that'll hinge on the health of the offensive line. You know that that that'll play a big part in it. And again, you know. The whole machine works around that. Uh, Eli, is, if he was one thing that, you know, Eli's proven that if you give him time, you know, he could, he could hurt you. You know, but one thing he's proven also is if he has to scatter or think on his feet or throw the ball any sooner than he really wants to, it's it's an ugly situation. So. Yeah, when he gets happy, Again, feet, you know, when you don't want. Yeah, that. he gets happy feet. It's just not his game. It's just not his game. So, 
you know, they want this addition of Marshall to mean that much. It's, you know, it's all going to depend on the development of Flowers. Uh, I mean, I mean, you tell me, uh, Pete. Any news? Uh, did, you know, are they are they talking up? Uh, he came into camp in great shape. Uh, he never looked better. Have you heard anything? Well, the thing with Flowers, to for me, when I watch him play. His footwork slipped so so much. So it was so poor from his first year to his second year. I mean, usually you would like to see a progression, but his footwork right. his footwork was so poor that the defensive that whoever he was uh, protecting against would get him off balance and just push him away, and like he was like it wasn't there. So I mean, right. you know, as much as I like to get on the Giants, you know, they, I'm sure they spent I spent I'm sure they spent the whole offseason working on his footwork, getting him. Get them right. in a little bit better, better shape. I mean, to me, I think I would have liked to see them, you know, maybe, you know, sign a, a, an off-radar guy, you know, you know, just just, just to, maybe to push him. But let's just say it doesn't work. You can move him to right tackle. But right now it looks like it's going to be Flowers at left tackle or bust. So, right, I mean, right, right. And that, 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 that's a little worrisome, you know, because all bust is a possibility, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I would expect him to, to look more like you saw in the first year, you know, maybe a little more polished, you know, and, and I, I would think his footwork would be much better. And, um, you know, I'm sure they watch, you know, all the NFC, teams, the NFC East teams are watching tape, seeing where they attack the Giants, and they're going to attack him again right. and attack his spot. And, you know, if he's, if, if he's back to playing, you know, like, like he should, it's going to cause a lot of problems to the defensive defensive guys in the NFC East. And to me, to this this season is more you know you'll learn right now by the by the flowers what this coaching staff has and what you know what what the general you know the general manager and all the assistants and all the assistant scouts you know we'll learn about this this regime and to see how he is out there you know we'll see right that. Right, that'll be a telling tale on both sides, on Flowers' side and the coaching. And you know, yeah, absolutely. As as a just as a fan alone, um, people ask me, you know, what do you think of McAdoo? And and I say, you know what, I, I'll, I'll give him that he had a decent season his first season, but the jury's certainly still out. I think he's a good tactician. The part that would worry me is he may be more of a player's coach. Without actually, you know, like it's one thing to be a players coach, you know, and have a couple of uh, playoff appearances, you know, lead a couple of team, lead a team into the playoffs, you know, you know, you don't have necessarily have that playoff success, but just getting them there, just to have that experience. But without that, without that resume, I mean, obviously you did, a, you know, did a great job with Aaron Rodgers in that offense, but without that resume of doing it, you know, as him as the main guy. You know that that would worry me a little bit, but I, I think tactically he's a, he's definitely a you know I would give him a B plus as a as a as head coach. Yeah, and I guess the the rest is uh, remains to be seen as far as like you said, being a players coach is one thing, but you know there's there it takes a certain amount of disciplinarian to uh, take that team to the next level, and you know does he have that in him? Will players respect him as that? Yeah. Again, time will tell. Yeah, will football play. Football players like to be led. That's why, uh, you know, being, you know, when you're a players coach, you know, they still want, they still want you in your face, want you in your face, because they do. They want to right. be led. 
like almost as if right. militarily type type of type of deal. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I can see that. Absolutely. So yeah, I'm excited what do you about think the about season. A, I mean, what do you think about Beckham's contract situation? Do you think it's going to become a big headache, or do you think the Giants will pay him eventually? Because he's saying he wants to be the highest paid player in football. That's that's a heck of a way to start out of the negotiation, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to be the highest paid player in football. You can't negotiate down. You can only negotiate down. It's you got to start high, right? <laughs> that, that's it's a good point. Can't you can't start higher than that? <laughs> yeah, he didn't just say I want to be mean, the highest paid receiver. I want to be the highest paid player. So yeah, he wants quarterback. Yeah, he wants quarterback. I don't know how you could. Yeah. I don't know how you could look at this guy and and not think that that's going to be a potential headache. He 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 he's. Just screams potential headache. Um, he has a lot more to prove on the field to me before he could even say that. You know, it, you talk about taking a too. step back. I mean, he's still an explosive. Listen, anybody that knows anything about football, you know, they're not going to tell you that this guy doesn't have all the tools, that this guy doesn't have all the ability. I mean, all you need is two eyeballs. But yeah, you talk about. I mean, he didn't take the step back that Flowers took, but he took a step back last year. Like it or not, Giant fans could delusion themselves all they want. You know, uh, to me, when you take a step back, that shouldn't be followed up with a statement how you want to be the highest paid receiver in the league because right now you're not the best receiver in the league. Yeah. What do you right, think, right? Well, I mean, I, I, I mean, first of all, you can't pay any, you know, you don't even pay your your left tackle quarterback money, so – Right. And, he's more important, and he's more important than your best receiver. Yeah, and I mean Julio Jones doesn't. I think makes half a quarterback money, and you know I mean, a little more proven than Beckham on and off the field. But yeah, I mean, listen, he's going to say that. I mean, I think he'll get his. It's just what you're looking at is guaranteed money. If he gets forty million guaranteed, I mean, I don't think his ego is so big that he has to have. He has to have quarterback money. As long as he gets the $40, million, 40, 45, 48 million guaranteed, he'll be happy. The Giants should take some... care of him. They should take care of him because he's earned it. He's earned it. He has a lot to improve off the field, but I think he's earned the paycheck. Okay. Uh, so do you worry about him? Do you think that you would you bet on seeing a better season out of him than last year? Well, Okay, by better season, I mean, I look at what the other, the other players did around. And the reason I say I agree with that, you took a step back, because the other guys, that, the other guys didn't have breakout yet. I mean, Shepard was good. Uh, the, other, the other guy, the, the guy, the dancing guy, which is uh, Cruz, the, the Macarena guy. Yeah, Victor Cruz, <laughs> yeah. He, he didn't. He didn't know. He didn't set the world on fire. I mean, I think if if he puts up similar numbers and the other guys around him, you know, have big years, I think that that's what you want. That's what you want. You, you think that's what you want to say. Now, how many yeah. how many touchdown red zone targets and stuff is Marshall going to take away from him now, though? Because you figure Marshall's going to be with that in the red zone, especially because he's a big yeah. Target, you know, they right? like to talk about how Eli. You know, they. They, you know, they automatically go back to the, you know, romance between Eli and um and Burris and how he loves those big targets and the guys that can reach up. Um, you wonder if 
if that's going to um, frustrate Beckham. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, like throwing a lot of balls to Marshall or to, to Shepard or to the, the tight end they drafted. Like, if these guys start getting more balls and less balls start coming Beckham's way, then he start complaining about it. That's kind of why you want him with his, con- want his contract settled and stuff. You can almost deal with the team being better and his numbers, you know, not being off the charts. You know, right. his, his deal with quickness. I mean, you got Brandon Marshall, you could back shoulder that ball in the red zone and he could score 15 touchdowns with the back. With just, he could score eight touchdowns just with the, the back shoulder, you know, back shoulder throws in the red zone. And, right. you know, that'd be great for the team. That'd be great for the yeah, team. Yeah, right. It'd be, fool, it'd be foolish since, not to use that. Yeah, but since he, he's not taken care of, you know, monetarily, I mean, who knows how he's going to react. That's This guy's, uh, you know, he's, uh, you know he, he's unpredictable. You just don't know where right. he's going to go. Well, listen, guys, I'm going to split. I'm, I'm, I'm losing you a little bit. I don't, want me, I don't want it to get choppy on my end. So, uh, loving the show as always, uh, Mojo. And, uh, Thanks for calling, I look, Thank uh, you. And I look, I look forward to, to more of Pete and, and his, his sick introduction song every week. <laughs> you know, I'm telling you, the rest of the one does that. You know, oh, you yeah, know, I know that. You, you know, football's back when you hear that song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the familiar, the familiar sound. <laughs> All right, guys, have a good one. Enjoy your weekend, and I'm going to continue Thanks, listening. Man. Have a good one, Frank. You too. Okay, Thanks guys. for calling. All right. Craig, the big weenie, good to hear from him. He's calling in, talking giant football and NFL with me and PDV. I'm on with PDV doing NFL. For anybody else, we've got about another 20 minutes left in the show or so. So if anybody else wants to call in and talk football, 718-508-9883. As we're just going through, uh, you know, it's just training camps now, so it's just the start of stuff. Obviously, as it gets going, we'll be doing, before you know, we'll be doing our picks again and all that stuff. So all that fun will be coming. But, you know, I mean, looking at the season now, Pete, look at your Raiders. How are you feeling about your Raiders right now? Well, you know what? I got mixed feelings about the, about them, of course. Obviously, because of the injuries to, to Carr. But, uh, I mean, I see all this attention that Marshall Lynch got. And, uh, I mean, I th- it's as if he got had 1,500 uh, yards and uh, 12 touchdowns last year for the Raiders. And, you know, he did nothing. Uh, he was getting fat watching um watching um Cal- uh, uh, University of California college football. Uh, that's where I saw him playing. I mean, uh, I, I, you know, it's like Marshawn Lynch went from being a a, a heel to a, a villain to a to a to a superstar overnight. I mean, all this attention he got. I mean, they did have a pretty good year last year without uh, Marshawn Lynch on the team. That's the one thing uh, it's concerning with the rest of the guy, the rest of the guys in the field. But I'm happy to see Gabe Jackson get a long-term extension in our uh, second-round pick for, out, of, uh, out of a out of the S, out of SEC country. Get a nice uh, four-year extension and well-earned. Great pick, another great pick by Reggie McKenzie. I was really happy to see Gabe Jackson get paid. But um, yeah, I'm feeling good. I, I mean, listen, I, I'm, I don't think there are any cinched. Term, Win the division and make the playoffs, but you know, th- just just them being competitive again for me is uh, is enough. 
Yeah, like what do you what are you expecting out of it? It's like do you expect you know do you, do you expect the old lynch here or do you expect just productive guys to pound it in, in the red zone and you know, get those cup yards for you? I mean, you've gotta hope he's gonna give you that, right? And yeah, listen, I would expect a thousand yards and you know, probably double digit touchdowns and uh I mean and we got the other guys too, you know, coming out of the backfield that catch the ball too. I mean, uh, I like both of them, you know, and uh they're little uh, little wrecking balls, I like to call them, you know. Uh, they, they're small, but they don't play small, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I, I would, you know, I think, you know, it all comes down to Carl and how, uh, you know, and how he, you know, how he's doing. You know, I like to see him play a little bit before, you know, I start pumping the tires on my team. But, uh, yeah, I would expect him, you know, like last year to be good offensively, you know, and, Maybe struggled defensively at first. Hopefully, because uh, you know they didn't make many moves in the off season. Hopefully, a continuity, um, you know, ratchet up that defense a little bit more, and you know, get it down to like where we can at least hold teams to under. If, if they can hold teams to under twenty points per game, you know, I'm I can look, I'm looking at double digit wins. Yeah, I would expect that too. I mean, you would think, you would think that, uh, you know that the, the Raiders are going to be one of the teams in the AFC. I mean, that can challenge New England. You know, you would definitely uh, think that. The problem, off they have, the problem is their division. Their division is brutal. Tough. They do have, they're in one of the best divisions, if not the best division in football. So, you know, you know Kansas City is going to be there. And you know Denver is going to be there, right? So, yeah. You know, Kansas yeah. City's going to have, you know, Andy Reid's going to have anywhere between 12, 10 and 12 wins, you know, and, you know, Denver's always, uh, you know, with that great home field advantage and that, and that defense is always going to be competitive. You know, and, you know, San Diego's, uh, you know, a cream buff, but, you know, you know, they're a young team that could take, easily shock, you know, shock some teams this year in their first year, San Diego. You know, they're going to be, uh, you know, uh, hopefully better, uh, you know, with Bosa, you know, and all the young players, Williams, you know, if he could stay healthy. You know, and Rivers, you know, is obviously one of the better quarterbacks in the league, you know, always has his teams competitive. So, you know, there's really not any other, you know, there's really no, no, nobody on on that, on in that division that you could just check a win against. So it's tough. Yeah. No, it's true. And, and, like they, said, and they can't beat Kansas City. Be they never beat Kansas City. So hopefully we'll, we'll be able to at least take our home game against Kansas City. So what about, what about teams that you think could be surprise teams this year? Do you have any around the league that you think are, could, could be surprises? Well, I'm looking like at Minnesota. I think Minnesota could have a their second year in, the, in that beautiful spanking new building. I think uh, I think they they could surprise some teams, you know, you know Bradford, you know, in his second year in the offense, and you know, and Cook, and you know, and hopefully they they they, they figure out a way how to get Laquan Treadwell into the into the game plan. I don't know what happened there, but uh, you know, I'm looking at Minnesota, and I, I really like Philadelphia too. I think Philadelphia, if they could ratchet up that defense, you know, they're going to – they may shock a couple of teams. Yeah, I like Tampa a lot. So, I don't know how much – Oh, yeah, Tampa's pretty – Yeah, they got a really good 
Their offense should be really good this year. Right? You would think that they're going to be really good. And I, I, I kind of like uh, – I think their defense Jacksonville got great. some upside. Yeah, you know, the thing about Jacksonville, we say that every year. You know, it's just it's – hard, it's hard to take them seriously, you know, until they actually do something on the field. And Tennessee should be good too, right? You would think Tennessee. I it's it my problem with Tennessee. Um, we're already seeing it with their. Uh, I mean, Mariota's not practicing. He had that, you know, that broken fibula um, late in the year. Uh, the the fifth pick overall, Davis, the wide receiver, he's already banged up, and you got Demarco Murray already banged up with a with a banged up hamstring, and you know. It, I just, uh, you know, I, I wonder about teams that, that whose uh, position players, you know, the guys that handle the, handle the rock, you know, when they're when they're when they're not healthy and you know and they they miss time during training camp, kind of worries me. But yeah, if it, if this was just like Madden and I looked at the team, then I'd be like, wow, I, I, Tennessee is gonna is gonna win ten to twelve games this year. Yeah, Tennessee, I like and uh. I mean, you look at maybe uh, – I mean, do you think Atlanta repeats what they did last year? Do you think they take a step back? What do you think of Atlanta? I mean, do they get – Do they want – you think so, yeah? I think they're still going to be good. I mean, it's hard to repeat, you know, because they came out of nowhere last year. And they uh, – you know, I don't think they're going to make the Super Bowl again, but I definitely think the playoffs is a good possibility. And a lot of people are down on the Bengals. You think the Bengals? I think the Bengals should still be pretty decent. I mean, I don't see them being terrible. The Bengals, talent-wise, I think they have. I mean, possibly you know the top five, te- top five talent. You know, I think they can win any. It's just that you know the the, the personalities make it so that they can win anywhere from eight eight wins to twelve to thirteen wins. So I mean, it's just you know you you wish that they would bring in a. You know, maybe a new coach, new head coach, or, you know, change things up a little bit. But, they, you know, they're stubborn, you know, they're going to do it their way. And, you know, I think talent-wise, they got top five talent. But, uh, you know, it's just, they're so, they're just, their personalities are just, it's just so unpredictable what they're going to do. And and I'm not talking coach. about. I, mean, I even talk about Joe Mixon. Uh, Joe Mixon's yeah, done yeah. nothing in oh, yeah. Well, yeah, you don't know what you got in that locker room this year. Yeah. What, that, what about the, the, the Colts? Perfect. The Colts. What about the Colts? I mean, you're looking at Luck possibly not playing the first six games now. This I am. The Colts are going to win five games this year. Andrew Luck has been a tremendous disappointment in, in the NFL. The, uh, the last three years have been just been tremendously disappointing. He's another guy who had a, 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 sh- a shoulder injury before the season started last year, and waited till the end of the end of uh, the 2016-17 season to get it fixed. So I mean, these guys, when you have an injury, get it fixed. Take care of it. Yeah, like like you the turn ball. a one-year injury into a three-year injury. It's like you know. Yeah, I mean. I'll say this. I'm going to go on the record right now. Bing! Derek Carr is a better player than Andrew Luck. And it's not even close. Not even, not, they're not even on the same stratosphere. No, I, that, that definitely nobody can argue that right now. You know, so Luck can't stay on the field. I mean, 
three years ago, it was all everybody talked about, and now it's like, boom, you know? Yeah, and this, guy, from, this from, guy ever going to finish the season again. He went from boom to bust, and you can't keep on blaming the, the drafts or the offensive line. He's got to get rid of the ball. I mean, every every professional quarterback knows, knows that there's a, a, there should be a timer in your head, and, and you just can't keep holding on to the ball because, you know, you make your whole team look bad. Your coaching staff, your offensive line, your wide receivers – Everybody looks bad when you don't get rid of the ball. And trust me, if you saw Jay Cutler and you guys are playing with Jay Cutler and you see him holding the ball and patting the ball in his hands, you're going to feel the same way. <laughs> is, is New England still the favorite in your mind? I mean, listen, I begrudgingly, uh, I went against them last year and, you know, because just being stubborn myself. But how can you bet against? How can you bet against them? I mean, they're always they're always competitive. Last year, even with the the Brady suspension, they found a way to go three and one. Yeah. You, you just you, you know, and oh now this year everyone's like, oh Tom Brady's forty years old. I mean, listen, you're gonna, he's going to eventually lose it, you know. But I'm not going to bet against him until I see it on the field. You know, I, I begrudgingly am going to say that you know uh, they're they're one of the favorites in the AFC. What about Dallas? Can Dallas repeat last year's great year, or do they take a step back? I'm thinking they're taking a step back. They they're gonna they're gonna you know they'll probably uh, challenge for the playoffs, but it's not gonna be look as easy as it did last year. You know, like I said before with Flowers, I mean everybody in the NFC, they, all they did was look at Dallas Cowboy tape and see how they're gonna defend uh you know um, number four the quarterback. Uh, Prescott. Yeah, exactly. That Dak Prescott, and they—they're all, uh, you know, and they're gonna—they're gonna. You mean, listen, he—he he was a fourth, fourth or fifth round pick. I mean, he wasn't, you know, talent-wise, you know, supposed to be as good as he was last year. But he's talking about sneaking up. Remember last year around week three or four of the preseason, me and you were talking about, wow, look at that Dak Prescott. He, he he he's got like four incompletions and two of them were drops. He snuck up on people. They ain't gonna sneak up on anybody. But the good thing is they they do have an offensive line and uh, you know great running back. But you know, uh, am I gonna call Dak Prescott great yet? No, I'm not. And if they had their defense is certainly suspect. So without you know without a top defense and maybe a little slippage in quarterback play. You know, I think the, the Cowboys are, you know, probably probably going to take a step back. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they're going to be good. I think they're still going to make the playoffs. But they had such a great year last year. You know, like, and if, you know, and now I don't think he had – now we don't have Romo there. As his, not that Romo did anything, but Romo was there last year kind of pushing him. Now Romo's not there. So it's kind of like, I don't know, you know. It's gonna be interesting to see, and plus you got to see how many if Elliot how many games Elliot gets if he gets a couple of games, you know. So I don't. Know, I still think Dallas is a playoff team. I think they'll make the playoffs. I just don't know if they're gonna have as many wins as they had last year. Yeah, like I said, I, I just don't think because they made it look easy. I mean, they, they, yeah, they made that's it look what I'm saying. They look yeah, they were really good. I mean, they were dominant until some point last year. Yeah, and you know, yeah, I mean, a stack is a step back. I mean, just you know. I, I, yeah, I'm going to take the take a little bit of a step back. back, and he still won 11 games. It's still a nice year, you know. 
yeah, it's just that it's not going to look like there's, you know, like like they're the let's just say they're not going to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. That yeah, that's yeah, probably way that's way to put it. And now, like you look at a, a team like Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh, you know, if everybody's on the field, Pittsburgh should be pretty strong too, right? I think actually, I think a, I, I really like you know, I've always talked. Uh, I think a key to that team, that whole team, is if, if Ryan if Ryan Shazier can stay healthy for a whole season, they're gonna they're gonna win. They're gonna go twelve and four, thirteen and three, something like that. I really think he's so much. He's that much of a key key defensively and to the team in general. Getting you know he helping the te- helping the defense get a uh, three and outs and getting the ball back into the offensive hands. And I also think Sean Davis and those young second that whole young second that I really. Really, really, really like all all the kids they played last year. I think that they're I think they're going to be a you know a perennial Super Bowl contender this year. I could see that too. I definitely think they're one of the teams that could challenge them. And the Raiders could challenge New England, I think. And I think Miami, Miami, not that they were going to challenge them for a Super Bowl. I think Miami was a playoff team until this in, now this injury definitely. Yeah, but then they have talent, but I don't know. It depends if they sign Cutler or what happens here. If they're gonna, you know, things have to fall right for them now because I thought they were a playoff team before Tannehill got hurt again. But we'll see. You know, you know they what they have going here. for them, Miami. You know, Miami has. They could always. The things. The reason why I said Dallas would take a step back, and some of the other teams, they have good defensive personnel. If they could. If they if they could fall you know and learn to become a defensive team, run the ball with a, a guy, you know, and be, be a defensive team, you can win games doing that in the NFL. Yeah, and you know, you get a guy like you know Cutler who knows the system already. Maybe that helps that he already played under Gase. You know, he had his best year under Gase two years ago. Maybe that could be a factor if they if they bring him in. There's rumors that they could be close to signing him to a one year deal. Think, so. I think it's almost- I think it, I think it's like eighty five to ninety five percent that he's going to be on the team. So and you can yeah, see both both sides have interest in each other. I think it's just a matter of time before he signs with the Dolphins. And what do you think of the Jets? Are the Jets just bad? The Jets are doing what they should be doing, trying to win as least games. This is as close as you're going to see to a team tanking that you're ever going to see in the NFL, other than the. A few years back, when the Colts lost Manning before the season started, you know, and we all knew, we all saw how important Peyton Manning was. So yeah, this yeah. is this is what this is what team tank. This is like the Philadelphia seventy sixes version of, uh, in the NFL. Trust the process. Trust the process. And listen, I mean, I, you have to go that way. I mean, you, if you're the Jets, I'm saying that. If you're any NFL fa- franchise, I mean, the Jets, even if they would have signed their guys or, you know what, you know, or uh, went out and made some big splash signings. They weren't going to be a great team. They, they still would, you know, you you, you kind of need a, you know, a, an above average, not necessarily a franchise, but an above average quarterback to play in this, this league. And who do you think is going to be their starting quarterback this year? Oh... Uh, I would start. I would start. Sorry, I'm just. Sorry. This is what live TV sounds like. Yeah, as my fire alarm goes off, I'm trying to shut it off. 
right, um, Jets starting quarterback. It's uh, I'm not sure. I, I mean, listen, if I wanted to lose all the games, I'd start the Penn State kid. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm saying. Hackenberg looks really good so far. So that could be just them giving an excuse to put him in. (laughs) What does that mean? Him not throwing the ball at his receiver's feet? I mean, looking good? Uh, Come on. Yeah. (laughs) What about for Magic Mike? What do we think about the Bills? The Buffalo Bills are uh, 8 8. I mean,. They're another one. They're another team that you know. They're, they're just. I was looking at them before. They're, the injuries are already piling up. I see they they're, uh, they have a couple of suspensions. A couple of guys are already suspended till week eight. I mean, uh, I think eight and eight. I think they, they had a good season if they can go eight and eight. I'm sure Mike would agree, unless he has them going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You never know. <laughs> Yeah, so we got a couple more minutes. But another thing I wanted to bring up because I was gonna—I mentioned I was talking about it earlier—is the college football. The coaches' poll was out. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but they had uh, obviously Alabama one, Ohio State two, Florida State three. They had Oklahoma at number eight. They had Miami at number eighteen on the top twenty-five. I mean, obviously it's early, you know. Yeah, I already had my surprise team of uh of this year. My uh, my surprise team. I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna give you one now without you know, without uh looking through the whole through every team. I'm just gonna say I think Wyoming is gonna be the Boise State is gonna play is gonna be like the Boise State and make it to a BCS bowl game. Yeah, but they got the quarterback that could do They have the quarterback and they they have some blue chip five star NFL talent on that team too. That they, this coach has uh, done a really good job recruiting, getting some talent there, and some transfers and some JUCO kids. So yeah, I think Wyoming's they got they're gonna have a lot of talent and uh, you're gonna see it on the field because they're they're gonna play they're gonna play a bunch of teams that they should beat. Well, what else is nice is that they had. Uh... What else is nice there? You don't see Notre Dame on the top 25 for once. That you know, because usually they're in the top 25 and they don't even deserve to be there. So, isn't that refreshing? <laughs> I think yeah. it's refreshing. We have your usual Ohio State, Florida State. I mean, Alabama won, Ohio State, the Florida State, then USC is fourth. Clemson, Penn State, Washington, Oklahoma, Michigan, and Wisconsin. Those are the top 10 right now. You good? You really can't argue with any of those guys, even though Oklahoma, with uh, the shock, shocking retirement of Bob Stoops. Uh, yeah, that was a stunner. I'm sure. I know you are because you're a big Stoops guy. I know. Yeah, man, it's 20 years of greatness. I mean, you, I'll give you a stat, a crazy stat. Bob Stoops lost it, lost as many home games. Yeah, had one. Oh, let me rephrase it. Bob Stoops won. As many more Big Twelve championships than he lost home games. That's crazy in twenty years. Wow, that is that is a crazy stat. Holy cow! Like you said, it just goes to show you the greatness of Bob Stoops. Oh so man, the, the, new, the new the new Oklahoma era now. We'll see how it, it goes. You know. 
it'd be interesting to see how Lincoln Riley, Lincoln Riley's uh, going to be able to fare. But uh, you know what? Uh, they got good talent. He definitely didn't leave the cupboard there. You know, you know he, you know he didn't warm out. You know, even if he takes another job, I, you know, I expect him to take another job because he's a great coach. But you know. He didn't warm out and leave Oklahoma for Texas, you know, and have a new job in two weeks. So, you know, uh, there's nothing. I, I, I want I want that statue of Bob Stoops right next to 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 to, to um Barry Switzer's statue in uh at, at, at our home field. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting, you know. Like you said, these teams, I, a lot of these teams, a lot of these good teams, they meet up early in the year, so there's gonna be a lot of early tests around the league early. I think Alabama plays uh, plays, plays Florida State on a Monday on the, the that Monday night of the, of the football season. Yeah, the first midweek, right? Yeah, f- first week. Yeah, I think they play in uh in, in Dallas. And I know Miami plays Florida State early too. Yeah, they have a nice, nice rivalry. Nice to see, uh, nice to see them getting back into a real rivalry in the ACC, uh, Florida State, Miami. I'm yeah. let me just saying, I'm gonna fucking rip this fucking fire alarm apart. I swear to God. All right, well, I'm gonna let you go. We're up on one o'clock. Thanks for calling, as always. You know, we're back hey, in my football pleasure. mode. So, so next week we'll be back in the, in the mold again next week. Okie dokie. All right, man. Thanks, Pete. You got it, bud. Later. TVV calling in. Great job as always. NFL is back, so that's why you'll hear the game and you'll hear Pete's music as Pete's back in uh, football mode as football is on the horizon. Great show today, everybody. Thanks, everybody, for calling. We had a lot of calls today. We covered a lot of you know baseball. We did football. We did some basketball in there. We did a little bit. We did some college football, so... There was a lot of football and baseball today and a lot of great guests. I want to thank everybody for calling in, all the listeners out there. can't do it without you. Thanks for listening every week and staying consistent. And uh, we'll be back next week. Everybody enjoy your weekend, and we'll be back next week with another great show as we get closer to football and we're in the baseball pennant race. So, everybody, enjoy your weekend, and I'll see you next week.